Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Motor Mouth Podcast, a podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere. My name is Joel Tyree, and with me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, the Tim Gerard. Hello. Hey, Tim. Two topics enter. Sanity left a long fucking time ago. Tim, what'd you bring? I brought the Matrix Resurrections trailer. I have to remind um... myself what the <laughs> subtitle is, because it's so, like... Like, I know it's doing that word, since but... resolutions. They're yeah. too close together. It's my big <laughs> note. <laughs> I, I had a sneaking suspicion. <laughs> well, I think I'm I wanna... super impressed though that you were considering bringing that. That that seems like you know I don't want to yeah. say off brand for you, but just sort of like you know because it's well, so on brand for me. Yeah, that, particularly on brand for you, not necessarily off for me. Yeah. So in that case, of uh, what I'll bring is a, an extended. Um, great ideas that don't go anywhere topic i want to talk about how you would in like integrate the x-men into the mcu okay given the films that have happened now and i mean we can go hither and yon with it with it like we normally do but Mm -hmm. i i was thinking about that today is like that's that's really kind of the they haven't intermingled a, a full team they haven't integrated a team guardians is kind of a loose team-esque thing right those films are very different from everything else that marvel's done so i'm 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 most interested to see how they stick that landing now since they keep defying expectations and pulling things off i mean after the the age of ultron a little bit of a letdown they were really delivered with thanos in the end so i i'm i'm wondering how they're going to stick this more difficult landing is kind of a new team because they're kind of going younger Avengers, newer, stranger configurations of Avengers. So how do you meld that with an established either the the people who are in the Fox movies or I don't know how they do it. So I, I'm I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, figured a fun one instead of a depressing. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I I have seen the trailer once. So really? I might need to watch it again. I did the day before when they did the, the red pill, blue pill, um, mm-hmm. like primer. I watched both yeah. of those. I took both pills so I could see as much footage as they had to give. Wait, what? You, did you not see that? No, I saw so the, the thing where it was like red pill, blue pill. But I don't know that with, uh, it yeah, was so actually click. Oh, it was a, a, a clickable noob. link. And you drank it and you go down the rabbit hole or you stay in the matrix. And so that guy who the therapist, seemingly therapist, I think, or like matrix program, whoever is talking to Keanu is like, he's like, this is the real world. You need to keep up on your medication. Like, so you got to see these both like cool, different shades of it. So I can't believe he didn't do that. I thought, I thought for sure. (laughs) Ah, so I brought. I already brought something to the, the discussion unexpected. <laughs> uh, let me see if I could find the the link. Well, I remember. I think you posted it, and like you kind of had the thing. Like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, the hype is real. Yeah, because that was kind of. Yeah, I've been I've been aware and excited that it's coming out, but kind of like a dull, like not not super vibrating, happy, excited about it. And then I saw like they were really up in the marketing now that they have a day that they're going to have it be released after covid or like in this stage of covid yeah. and i was like oh shit they're really pushing this it's awesome god how far that that's steve from blues clues <laughs> oh wait here's that's just the actual trailer okay i found yeah i found it is it before dusted for the bug <laughs> it's been a minute i don't know 
looking back through your own Facebook posts is, is kind of a <laughs> humbling experience. <laughs> what are you doing? Who are these for? <laughs> oh, so, oh, yeah, because I think the original thing you posted was just a little video. It's, yeah, the choice is yours. It's, it's like a, I mean, you could click, I'm clicking on it, but all it's doing is pausing the video, it looks like. Okay, so there, there was one where you clicked the images and it took you to like a mini teaser trailer. And it looked like the matrix popped up. Like you see the matrix and then the time that you clicked populated in the video in the matrix. So it was like oh, you wow. were accessing it right o- like in real time. It was really cool. Like really what clever. Fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was something too. I, I, I was watching one video and someone had said something about, Oh yeah. If you go to the website and watch the video and I was like, wait, what? And so I went to like, what is the matrix.com or something like that. And that didn't really have much so i was like oh okay maybe i don't know if i like missed something or if it was like a little um easter egg like oh you have to click yeah. here to get so that or something it is the what is the matrix.com that like if you go to that the pills are there okay you could click them right now <laughs> this is int- it, uh, great audio content sorry listeners we're <laughs> oh, okay there we go yeah so what happened is i think i only went there after the trailer was out and like, yeah, the trailer just kind of pops up. All right, let me take the blue pill first. Oh, okay, motherfucker. <laughs> oh shit, that's Doogie. <laughs> Can't believe you hadn't seen that before. Are you pausing it and rewinding it? <laughs> I mean, I should have. Okay, so I took the blue pill. Yeah, the red pill's different. <laughs> oh shit! All right now, I have to go back and watch. I mean, not right now, but. <laughs> I will have to go back and watch each of those a bunch of times. Yeah. So, okay. So that makes some sense too, because there were, I watched one of the videos that was doing like a breakdown. It's like, Oh, and in these, this additional footage and and it was like, talk about how, like with the, yeah, with the therapist, you see like how his mouth gets sealed. Like they, like agent Smith did to Neo. Uh And I was like, that wasn't in the trailer. What are you talking about? I don't know where that was. So, well, damn, I guess I I hadn't seen how deep the rabbit hole goes. (laughs) (laughs) You, you fucked up your research on the one thing you love more than anything. <laughs> I don't Just, man, like you, you, I know you've got like a, a second by second commentary for the trailer. Like, well, I wouldn't say second by second. I mean, it's definitely like, well, see, and here's the thing too, is that like, as I'm trying to like pause and go frame by frame on YouTube, which, you know, it was a fucking nightmare. And I'm like, you know what? Like I probably should get one of those, like, third-party softwares that allows you to, like, rip YouTube videos so I can download it and, like, actually... But I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Like, well, it, Have you used, like, the, the slow-mo settings? God damn it. Why Did you I not know there were slow-mo in, in... I did know. I use it... Well, see, I use them all the time when I'm watching, like, instructional videos. I do it at, like, 1.75 speed because everybody talks too fucking slow. It's like, just get to the fucking point. Yeah. But I hadn't thought of doing it the other way so I could actually see each fucking image. So I'm tell just, you what, here's maybe maybe we should wait till next session to discuss this when you could do some research. <laughs> I watched it one time. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> well, here's the other thing too, is I was like, what I wish we had done, I wish like either for here or for Nerds at Geek, we had done like a trailer um, reaction. Like a reaction. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was super hyped watching that trailer. Like it it it, yeah. it was the cliche, like, oh shit, like I was making noise. I was like And I watched like it was seven AM. At work. Oh, God. So I'm like the first person in. I made the coffee. I sat down at my desk, opened the email, and I was like, oh, the trailer's live. I watched it on the trailer. I was like, 
oh shit there was nobody around nobody <laughs> at my work would care but i was like oh shit it's gonna be so good <laughs> well here we go then we'll do we'll go through i'll do it on slow speed and as i'm seeing stuff sort of you know, i mean well that's the thing is like i mean uh, you know and 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 that some of the videos i've watched too like they'll talk about all these little easter eggs and references and i'm like but what about this this and this and like there's a ton of stuff that like nobody mentioned mm. so in the beginning we get okay we get the cat right the glitch it's the same cat the same meow we heard when you know in the original one when he's like oh i saw a black cat and the same cat and it's like that's a glitch and then at the end of the third one which i saw thought was a nice bookend as the, the you know the matrix kind of gets like rebooted after you know smith dies and we see that same cat and it's kind of like oh, okay this is a nice little yeah like we're changing they're changing something and um, it shifts color right because it's isn't that yeah. that tiny program who was waiting at the the train station like helping yeah. like fix it yeah and i think that's the big part of it too is that like they're you know they're giving it this more uh uh emotional sort of human element i think that's sort of what what she brought to it so it wasn't this kind of like green kind of like you know that 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 sort of old school mac green screen look to it you know actually that was something i've noticed too that they've kind of really you know where the first three do have that kind of reference to the the color green that 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 be it the screen or the filter of just like when you're in the matrix. I feel like with this one, they're definitely doubling down on the red and blue difference, you know? And mm. I don't know if that's because of like, you know, what the, you know, the more thematic aspect, I mean, you know, choice has always been a thing kind of from the beginning, but as, as a way of like, okay, we've, we've moved out of that matrix, you know, we have more color. It looks more real. It looks more warm, you know? So, what's the color, you know, references that we're going to emphasize, but like Morpheus wearing the, the, the red shirt and um, uh, Jessica Henwick's character with blue hair, you know, like you've got, okay, there's obvious like red and blue going on here. Um, so, so that's one, you know, that's one of the things I noticed. I love, I love that with a therapist that, and this is something that I'm kind of wondering too, is how they're playing with this. Cause I, like when he says like Neo feels like triggered, like he doesn't say like agitated, Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like they're, they're sort of intentionally using kind of like the the, the current language, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like this 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 brings it more into our time as opposed to like, oh well, the Matrix ended, you know, in like was it two thousand three? I think when the sequels came out, like this is definitely happening right now. You know, using a word like triggered, you know. They're also and really also, moving into modern CGI techniques, which I was I was curious to see if they would do because so much of resolutions and reloaded was about the matrix is more cartoony and and it's more obvious it's a computer simulation like they did that deliberately to be in direct contrast with how realistic zion was and those effects so watching the trailer i was really like and, and there's there are sequences that appear on screens in the backgrounds of things that seem to be from the original film right but they're slightly different. Like the way that they're presented is like different angles or there's a different sheen to them. But like all of the like modern city stuff and and effects that seem to be signaling that this is the matrix and these are the rules that are being bent are crystal HD clear. It's almost like they rewrote the program so good that like even the one can't figure it out. Like it seems like a bit like in keep the same kind of like using the modern 
apparatus and the technologies at the disposal now and in, in also with the vocabulary i think that that's that's also part of it yeah well and and i think like it's it's funny too because when they had um was her name sati i think the the little girl you know i feel like she was almost supposed to be this kind of like like oh you know this little girl is going to change things and make things better but like ultimately you know it's almost more like sinister like she makes the matrix more more real and more believable uh-huh. and it's 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 harder to kind of realize there's something wrong with the world and which which i i mean you know even on like a surfacey level kind of looking at that where you know like you said kind of up updating the effects but it's also just kind of like kind of like what what neo finds out in reloaded where it's just like oh this is just another system of control like there there are systems within systems and part of the control is you break out of a system and you're like, yay, I'm free. And it's like, nope, you're just, you know, one more layer up, but you're still in it, you know? So I, and you know, and it, it's, it's kind of nice too, where it kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely fucked with my head in that sense, because, you know, we've talked about this whole thing about how, when it first came out, it was first like made an impact on me. You know, I went through that whole process, like, Oh, we are living in a simulation, like nothing is real. And then it's like, no, that's just a metaphor for all these things in your life that you have to go through and how you need to kind of, and now it's like, well, wait a minute. Now that they're kind of showing you this simulation that looks more real. And it's like, maybe it is a simulation. Maybe I was wrong the first time. Maybe it is to be taken literally, not metaphorically, you know, and it's just like, fuck. (laughs) I know you're going kind of frame by frame. I'm wondering, you've heard the, the kind of rumor that there might be very little continuity from two and three in, in this retelling or this the sequel uh no is that so is that something that, that like it's just kind of like i think they released like a plot summary or they did that big like you where they showed like the big wigs in hollywood like the the trailer whenever they did that convention or whatever it was like a, a executive producers showcase oh, or something. Okay. and they yeah, had yeah. like a summary of the film and it seemed like the summary said supposed to follow the de- events of the original matrix it's um, very vague, the language. It wasn't yeah. specific, but it, it, it has been postulated that it might be ignoring Reloaded and Resolutions. Huh, interesting. Some of the stuff I heard, and again, this was from watching videos, and it's just like, well, I don't know what their sources are. But one of the things they had said, and, and I don't know if this proves or disproves that, but they were saying it takes place like a lot of time after Revolutions, and part of why, like, Lawrence Fishburne is in, in it, that, that Morpheus has died, like, possibly of old age. But I think that Niobe is still alive, because Jada Pinkett Smith's supposed to be in it. And I think that's part of the whole thing of, like, Morpheus kind of being rebooted as a younger version of himself. I don't know, it, it just seems weird that it's ignoring those two if, like, you know, there's this whole weirdness. And, I mean, they show in the trailer, and that's one of the frames you see is the body of Neo with his eyes, like, melted, mm-hmm. you know, and the machine's, like, doing something to him. So it's just, it's it's kind of hard, I mean, unless that's meant to throw us off and be like, oh, look, here's the scene from the third one, but no, that's actually not in the movie or whatever. So, I mean, there are clips of things that do do kind of point, or at least don't seem to contradict. Do you know any of the things that kind of point towards that? that no, way? I mean, I, I I think I might have latched on to it because I, I like that theory a lot because I've like when when Neo starts to see the machine world like in like real world matrixy 
I thought there was a bait and switch. I, I still believe that, like, there's no way he's doing that magic Jesus stuff in the real world. So <laughs> that, that for me, it's just like, plus it was like, oh, if, if they're retconning where he was reintegrated into the Matrix and had to live out this hero's fantasy and this death to be properly reintegrated into the Matrix, that's not beyond the pale of what the machines would do. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of it, too, is like, you know, when you're dealing with this, like, simulation and the possible simulation within a simulation, it's kind of like, yeah, like, where does where does stuff kind of fit on on that hierarchy? So I'm only drawing on, like, things I've seen from the trailer, like I said, like, you know, showing Neo's body the way it was at the end of, of um, Revolutions. So it's like, okay, like, somehow that happened. But, yeah, whether that's real or not, I guess, you know, is, is what brings it into question you know yeah so i guess before we get more trailer deeds so like at the end of the matrix trilogy as 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 it is as much as you've watched it were you satisfied without there being a fourth installment how were you feeling before the that like it's because it's been what five years since the announcement of matrix four like it's been mm-hmm. that long in production so what were your how did you feel about the series endpoint before that was a possibility? I mean it's it's the type of thing where it's like, you know, it it's it was kind of I don't want to say it was my favorite world because I feel like the world of Star Wars is much bigger and leaves much more room for stories that I'm interested in hearing about. I feel like with with this like yes, we could tell stories of other random people within the matrix. We could tell stories of previous ones. You know, but I don't know that I care about that as much as, you know, like Neo's story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's part of it, too, is that the the this this movie, that, that this trilogy of movies wasn't the story of the Matrix. It was the story of Neo and bringing change to that sort of relationship between the, the men and uh, the you know, humans and the machines, you know, because again, like, yeah, the matrix was around long before that. So it's not that, Oh, here's this, this matrix thing. And this is its, its start and its finish. And the world was completely different before and completely different after it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'd be, I mean, I say that then again, if they made a movie that was a prequel where it's like, this is the story of the first one, I'd be like, yeah, give it to me. You know, you know, for me, it, it was about, kind of following neo on that journey and i mean i think that was the point is you're supposed to kind of see yourself in neo i mean i did i don't know if everybody did um you know and and again i'm sure other people maybe saw themselves in other characters or just saw themselves maybe other people appreciated the world more than neo's story it's like i want to picture what i would be like in that in that world and i don't care about neo's story but i don't know for me that's what it was and i so I feel like for me the the story of Neo was was pretty complete especially you know him as a sort of Christ-like figure you know having this you know this death and resurrection but then um you know yeah the first death and re- resurrection was more of a symbolic one whereas I guess this is the real one of the you know his his actual death you know dying in the real world which and and I mean that's part of it too the way he died at the end of it it's like well why is he dead exactly? How it wasn't like, you know, you came up and cut his head off of his physical body. It's like, all right, that dead is dead, you know. Right. I feel like his death was still related to the matrix slash the machines, you know, and that aspect of it. So I don't I don't find it that hard believe to believe that they can kind of like, yeah, we 
the machines brought him back, you know, like, especially because for a while his consciousness was stuck in limbo while his body was over here on a table, you know, not jacked into the matrix and somehow he had separated. So it's like, I feel like there was a precedent for that. I don't know. Like I, and, and you know, some other friends of mine's I think didn't like the ending as much because it was too closed and it didn't leave, which I feel like, I mean, the matrix is still around. It's not like it ended with, we destroyed all the machines. You know, I feel like it, there was still a degree of, there was again, a resolution to what Neo was there to achieve. And, and, and which was manipulated by the Oracle the whole way through, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so maybe, yeah, maybe it's not Neo's story. Maybe it's the Oracle story. You know, <laughs> I felt kind of satisfied that it, that it kind of ended. It definitely, I think the first few times I probably wasn't, as happy with it because it wasn't this sort of big Superman kind of ending, you know, you mean like the the shit out of everything. Yeah. You mean like the end of the first one? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, even, even with that one, like he, he kind of, it it is kind of a soft victory, right? Because he doesn't, you know, yeah, he doesn't destroy everybody. He, he destroys Smith, you know, as this kind of, you know, in this, I mean, I want to say symbolic way, because, I mean, he was, quote unquote, destroyed, but then Smith was also resurrected, just like Neo was, you know. But, like, it again, it wasn't like Neo was fully actualized and brought the whole fucking thing down, you know. It was no, I meant like, literally, like, he flies off the building, like, super. Oh, right. That, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's like, it, it, yeah. it's like, now we have, I think I said, I had said this before, we... We do another podcast, Movie Mumble, where we talked about all three of these films in much more detail and much more heat than this. But <laughs> in that, I was like, the end of that movie is so much we now have a fighting chance because we've got the superhero. We've got the guy. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of three, I was like, well, the guy's dead. Why did the machines go home? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's, it's, it's interesting, too, because I don't know if you ever played the video game uh, The Path of Neo. I did not, which, which I loved. And that has like a different ending, which was almost a more, um, I don't want to say a more satisfying ending, but it has this, this big throw. I mean, it's also a, you know, a throwdown between him and agent Smith. But I think what happens in that one is all of the Smiths like combine to make this giant monster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like what you have to fight is Neo, which I, you know, so that was kind of more what I was talking about where it's all just about punching and who can punch harder and more, you know, and it's like, Oh, you know, as he go through and, and punch every Smith out of the human that he's sort of inhabited and that's how he kind of beats them. Or is it like, you know, it's this sort of anticlimactic, like, Oh no, I have to like surrender myself. Like that's how I win. You know, I have to sacrifice myself. So I think that's kind of like the, what at first registered for me is like disappointment. Like, you know, you don't get the big, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to beat you by being better than you. It's like, I'm going to beat you by doing the thing you won't do because you're too selfish to and make a sacrifice and sacrifice myself for all of humanity, which I thought, it, you know, it, it, it is very poignant. It's just not Hollywood, you know, and I do like how they kind of left it. I didn't realize how much they did leave it open, but I remember um, when I, I never played the whole online version of the matrix that they had. Was it? Oh, it was just not matrix online. Matrix. It was yeah, just, matrix online. Yeah. yeah. Um, at one point they had, I remember it was a huge deal because they were like, Oh yeah. You know, we got some of the voice actors to do it and this, and that, and it never really kind of like took off, I think. But I remember what, I remember hearing audio from it and it was Lawrence Fishburne. They actually, I think got him to play Morpheus again. And he was like, 
why won't the machines give us Neo's body so we can, you know, have a funeral and bury it, you know? And that was the first thing that was like, huh, that's true. They just kind of like cart it off at the end, but it's like, right. what, what are they doing with it? Why do they have it? Why aren't they like, fuck this human. We're just going to throw him in the garbage. Like they were kind of almost being kind of reverent with him. And so, so I think to me, like looking back, you know, in retrospect, it's like, they did leave this thread open that like, like, yeah, we're assuming he's dead, you know, because that's the role of the savior. But like, is he dead, dead? Or is he like, he was at the end of ep- of the first episode dead where, yeah, we can just bring him back because he's the one, you know? And so, and, you know, and that's some of the stuff I've seen in the trailer. That's kind of what that, that kind of points to is like, oh, look, this is why there's a fourth one because the machines took him, cleaned him up, plugged him back in, put him back in a pod and said, yeah, you're going back in the matrix fucker. Like, you don't, you don't get to die yet. You know, I think that's kind of what intrigues me is sort of like, okay, what, what is his role then? Like, why did they need that to happen? So another big thing that, that someone mentioned, and again, I, I haven't seen the proof of this. This is just what someone said they saw is that in the, the, the Matrix, his like who he is now is a video game programmer who created a trilogy of video games called The Matrix. Oh, interesting. And so I think number one, that's why like the person at the end is saying, "Oh, back to the Matrix." I'm like, is that like his fucking agent or something like that? And it's like he's, you know, talking about he's talking about the Matrix as being, oh, that series of video games you created almost 20 years ago about this thing called the Matrix. And was that kind of Neo's way of, like, working through those memories of, like, oh, this is your imagination, this is a game you're creating. Mm. But, you know, maybe it was meant to sort of exercise those thoughts from him, like, oh, this is just a fantasy world you created. But is he still kind of hanging on to that idea, like, no, those seem like memories, not something I created in my imagination. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what, kind of his role is in this and um you know he seems to have a really nice place he seems to be well off it was probably a super successful video game you know everyone's playing it i think they hinted to it like when that seat in the elevator when everyone's on their their um mobile devices that they're all like playing the matrix you know so i was just gonna say it almost seems like they've created a matrix within the matrix but that's kind of like you know again the metaphor within the metaphor you know for like social media and everything we're tapped in is like these people willingly plugging themselves into this matrix game and part of why he's just kind of like what the fuck why is everyone into this and it's like you know part there's a part of him being like i fought to get out of this thing and people are choosing to be in this thing but that was also you know also the point at the end of the third one when the architect is like you know, yeah, anyone who chooses to get out can get out. But that's been the thing all along is that plenty of people will fight to protect this, you know. So I think that's still the the, the ongoing thing is people choosing, not just even choosing to stay in the Matrix, but choosing to go into the Matrix and kind of escape their, you know, the reality thing. Gotcha. The other theory I had seen is that Mr. Anderson is an actor and they filmed the movies. So the movies exist within that world. And like the catalyst for the fourth is like a sequel or something to that equivalent. Yeah. Well, that's what I was. Yeah. Because like we see that those shots from the Matrix on the screen, which I I found that like it was like a day or two after that I saw that, and I was like, oh yeah. And then a few days later, people were posting on social media, and I was like, I was like, fuck, I should have posted that. Maybe I could have been the first ones to kind of like spot that because like I find them super obvious, but they flash very quickly. I mean, if you look at it, you're like, yeah, that's clearly Keanu Reeves's face on the screen behind him. And then especially the other one when it's like the point when the, you know, the mirror, the silver is kind of climbing up his face, you know, it's clearly that scene. And it almost looks like the, the it's like being projected onto a screen and the screen is ripped 
and they're going through this this tear in the screen. So so yeah, there, it's, there's obviously some element of the Matrix within the Matrix, you know. So yeah, whether it's like a video game or the movies and that sort of a thing is like you know yeah like is is he is he playing yeah Thomas Anderson this actor who played this character maybe he played a character Keanu Reeves in this you know movie called you know it's like right. you know because like he's you know because the therapist is referring to him as Mr. Anderson so that must be his real name in this world but is he a, a programmer or an actor like something along those lines like so yeah so I think there's they're definitely playing with with levels of reality and, and kind of, you know, pulling us into that, like, you know, Oh, this, this is the world where the matrix exists as a movie or a video game. And you watch the matrix, just like everybody else in this world, in this movie, that is part of this new rebooted matrix. That's super real. I remember uh, years ago reading somewhere that like the reason we dream is so that we know when we're awake, because we can point to the dream and say, that was a dream. This is me being awake. And, you know, I, I remember thinking of that like, with the Matrix, like, is that the point of that older version of the Matrix where everything was green and filtered? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's obviously fake, because look at how green and artificial that looks compared to this. And it's like, you know, and, and you know, one point back during the original sequels, like when it was talked about, maybe Zion is also part of the Matrix. You know, yeah, that that level is also a simulation, but it seems more real because you can go in the matrix and be like, oh, yeah, this is obviously fake, but this is really shitty and everything sucks. So this must be reality. But, you know, that could also be a part of the matrix, you know, is that if you have something you're fighting to get to, once you've fought against the other thing, you're like, OK, I'm done. I'm happy. This must be real. But it's like, no, there could be something beyond that. I so, like that idea of it be like being a developer and the matrix being this like social media equivalent, like you're opting in you're plugging in li like literally yeah. and metaphorically like buying into this thing i i really like that it's such a different world now than when the first one came out so the commentary yeah. that you can have about technology and its impact on humanity can be a lot more specific and a lot more like in real time i'm interested in that and i'm also interested to see how it's lana is the sole director yeah. right Mm -hmm. and see how Lana extends the trans allegory or is more explicit with it. I think there's rumored to be at least one character who is trans in the Matrix. So mm -hmm. it, the other gender outside of the Matrix and right. assigned the incorrect one within the Matrix. So I'm, that, I'm also interested in, in how that pans out. It appears that Neo is taking a lot of the other pill to suppress his oneness. Right which might be a, an allusion to conversion therapy or detransitioning, which is super traumatic and happens and would be a really kind of pointed thing to focus on. I think Lana has the, the guts to do it. Like it'll be, it's a trans created story and it was a, a, a narrative, very much a metaphor for you're not who you are on the outside or how things appear like, Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, like I, I, I've heard that brought up both with the original trilogy and with this and how like with relation to a, a trans character and, and in terms of like what gender they are in the Matrix versus in reality and what those represent as, as a metaphor, because like mm -hmm. the way I pictured it and, it, and it, you know, again, it's not my experience, but, you know, is that if you're 
you know, one gender in the matrix, the matrix is fake. So that's sort of what, how you're presented, but it's not who you feel you are. And then you wake up in, in the real world and you're like, oh yes, this is who I'm supposed to be. But the impression I almost got, and maybe this is just, again, like other people kind of putting there, but saying like, oh, in the matrix, you can be who you want to be. So they were almost implying that who you are in the matrix is, is your real gender, but who you are in the real, you know, so, so it's kind of interesting. And I feel like both could apply, but, but I guess like in the matrix, if you're, you know, say for example, in the matrix, if you're female, people are going to see you as female and you don't have that conflict with how you feel you actually are versus how people see you as opposed to if you were you know female in the matrix and everyone says oh yeah you're female and you're like no i'm male i'm male and then you wake up in the real world and you're male it's like oh yeah that's the real world that's the so you have that kind of resolution of that it's like yes this is the way i felt all along so so i'm I'm interested to see how if you know if that's represented how that's represented like what what that individual considers to be the more real version of them according to you know how they identify with their gender like oh in the matrix i get to be who i want to be it's like but but not really because it, it's kind of the machines that impose like right. you you you're born into the matrix and this is the you know the, the residual self-image part of it that's kind of how the machines programmed you into right. the matrix so it seems like that should be you know the 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 way you're born and but you don't identify with that so but you know but anyway i'm yeah, interested to see how very, it plays out yeah it, I mean, it's going to be a razor thin line of that metaphor, yeah. like the way it, I mean, I, I think Lana could do it, obviously, like I think right. just powerful filmmaking. It's going to be, it's going to be a powerful metaphor made like, like manifest in a way, like it, it was not so subtly, but it was more of a abstraction of the experience before. Whereas when they, when they deal with it specifically, the way they're going to do it, it has to be properly characterized. It's really, right. yeah, it's going to be a fascinating. We're going to have to think much more going into this one than the previous one because <laughs> it's got yeah. all this baggage and when it's coming out. And it's also got the weight of like, it's another movie that we're going out like in, in the era of COVID. The, like, so it, it, it's, it's got all of these. I, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared and I'm excited. <laughs> and I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, and this is this is one of the things that I really like about the original that that I feel like it got a lot of flack for, and it it seems like they're also kind of like, you know, leaning into it with this one. At, at its core, the Matrix is a love story. The I mean, it's a uh, one that's been manipulated, <laughs> but like, you know, the the whole thing that breaks the world out of the cycle is Neo's love for Trinity. You know, like that's what makes him choose the door he's not supposed to choose to go back to save her because he loves her. You know, every other one chose the other door. And that's why the cycle just rebooted itself. But what's great about it is that it's not like, oh, they're just in love because it's it's sort of what I don't want to say makes him the hero. Because by that point, he loses Trinity. And maybe by that point, it's also kind of like, okay, I have nothing left to lose, which I guess is also part of it, too. Like if Trinity hadn't died or he hadn't been if he hadn't been in love with trinity and still got to that point or she didn't die maybe he wouldn't have sacrificed himself for all of humanity that happens in the second one right trinity so, gets well, shot the, in the second one yeah she gets shot in the matrix and he you know revives her 
you know, and, and that's part of it too. Yeah, sorry, you she said like in the first him. one, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I was mixing up the sorry, yeah, the continuity. <laughs> yeah, so in, in the and so in the second one, yeah, she gets shot and and dies, which again, like she dies in the Matrix. So it's like you know we we're told that that's like a real death, but it's like it's yeah, it still really happened in a simulation. It's not like you cut her head off or cut her heart out. You know, like it's just a matter of what what her brain is telling her body. So by him being able to resurrect her within the matrix, it tells her brain, Hey, look, you're still alive. You're fine. You know, you know, it's, it, it has this nice symmetry to the first one. Cause she kind of, you know, like quote unquote brings him back by telling him like, you know, I know you're not dead because I love you and this, this and that. So, so he comes back, they kiss, you know, now we have, Oh, he brings her back. They kiss, you know, Oh, now we're even kind of thing. Which then you get the dark twist of in the third one where, you know, he can't save her because she dies in the real world, you know, supposedly. Real world in quotes. Um, you know, we get that kind of, he dies in the Matrix at the beginning of the second one. She dies the, the, at the end. Uh, he dies in the Matrix at the begin, end of the first one. She dies at the end of the second one. But now they're both like in the real world and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, there's no coming back from this, you know, and. I also think it's kind of funny too that he's basic at the end of the second one. He he is kind of like, oh fuck the rest of humanity. I want to save the woman I love. You know, so it's it's very much an anti-hero in that sense. You know, he's not doing what should be done for the greater good, or at least what he's being told should be done for the greater good. I mean, maybe that's part of it. Consider the source. You know, like this it's this machine program saying this is what you have to do to save everybody, and it's like, well, fuck you. I'm not trusting you. In addition to, I want to save the woman I love. But then, like, once she's gone, it's kind of like, I guess I'll sacrifice myself because I have nothing left to live for, you know? So that's kind of, you know, and I, and, and granted, like, him acknowledging this idea of, of having to sacrifice himself does come late in the game. It's not like he, he jacks in to fight Smith with that in mind. He's probably just pissed. He's like, I probably, I want to tear this motherfucker apart. Like, you know, I, I had an original point to all this other than just, you know, yeah, this, this idea of, like, resurrection and then like them dying oh yeah the, the love story the love it's a love story, story. Yeah, yeah that's right and it's all about all these choices you know that's another huge theme and it's like he made many of the choices he made because he loved trinity and this is again it's it was a whole manipulation because this is what the oracle was trying to do to get things kind of rebooted and get out of this cycle was you know oh if i can hook these two up when he's put in that position of oh do what everyone before you did and restart the cycle you know, and, and everything will be fine and you get to be the new Messiah or whatever, you know, he, you know, because the Oracle kind of push these things together and, you know, move these pieces on the board, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, well, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm in love with her. So, so I love that it was, you know, it was a love story, but it was actually like integral to the plot playing out that way. And, you know, so it wasn't just like, Oh, here's this guy making this journey. And by the way, let's throw in a love story. Like his journey wouldn't have been the same had he not been in love. You know, the journey that he took is what had to happen to, you know, save humanity to the degree that he did. I mean, yes, there's still a bunch of people in the matrix, but there supposedly is more choice of like being able to get out and not having to fight your way out and, you know, not having to, to be killed in the matrix if you just want to get out. And then, you know, the machines aren't also aren't supposedly aren't fighting with the humans living in Zion because they have peace now, supposedly, and they're coexisting. So like all of that happened because he was in love with Trinity and made that choice as a result of it. So I think it's really cool that they're kind of like doubling down on that. And like, yeah, this, this is essentially like, it seems to be a love story about him 
kind of finding his way back to her, you know, what, what little memories he has. It's kind of like he can't, maybe he can't tell what's real and what's not and what's his imagination and what's a memory of some weird past life. Now he has like a North Star and that's her. Here's this person who he has this connection with. And it's not just, I have all these memories I don't know what to do with. It's like, oh, it's about getting, you know, back to her. So, and there, there was this really cool it was it was actually a still image on imdb that i saw they have a bunch of you know images on imdb Mm -hmm. and there's one where there are these two i mean the pods themselves aren't huge but there's this you you can kind of see like this you know how they you have the power plant with all the pods where it's like this giant pillar with a ton so it's basically just two two pods that are on these huge structures these huge arms and the two pods are just facing each other and it looks like on the left there is a scene we see in the trailer where Neo is in a pod, you know, and it's weird because he's got like a little bit of stubble on his head. He's not completely bald like when he woke up. So he's got some hair, mm-hmm. but he wakes up and I'm assuming it's that picture because it shows it from far away. And you see that pod with a person coming out of it and then another pod that's facing it. And I don't know if it's empty or the, there's no one in it. To me, it's just like, oh, man, is that like this is Neo's pod and this is Trinity's pod? Like, is oh, there would be some... Cool. Yeah, some actual importance to them within the Matrix and kind of him waking up. And there is a scene, too. And that, that was the funny thing, too, where there's a scene in the trailer where uh, one of the videos I was watching, this guy's like, oh, yeah, look. And they show a person, you know, either waking up or being put into a pod. I can't tell if it's Trinity or me. It's like, it's obviously Trinity. Like, I don't know what he was talking about. Like, it's obviously her. So it shows her, like, again, either waking up or being put into a pod and, like, she has a shaved head. So, so yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, are they, are they kind of put into, like, these special pods and there's some, you know, connection with them, you know, where it's like... I wonder uh, if, him... like, they're test driving a new Matrix, like an iOS on them. Because they fucked up the oh, last yeah. one. So they're beta <laughs> testing beta. with them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's, that's... I would not have noticed that. So that that's that's really cool. I don't know. Like every time I get down on this franchise, my head is like, ah, the second and third one I don't like as much. It's wordy. It's over long. It doesn't capture the magic. I'm like, I still love playing in that sandbox. Like the potential for story in this place yeah. is so unique. With the absence of Smith, I feel like there's going to be this vacuum for like this. I don't know. Like because there was humanity in the machines. And then there was Neo and Smith. And they were representative of that larger struggle, but it was very different. I'm interested to see like what what will be like the, the mouthpiece or the focal point of, of the, yeah. the, the machines in this one. Because it's been very vague on because we, we've got like a therapist, we've got a Neil Patrick Harris's voiceover, we've got a Neo who kind of materializes in the way that you would on the phone when you come in the Matrix, but it also made me think maybe the like they've reprogrammed or they've, they've made an agent like a, a sleeper agent out of Morpheus. Maybe that's why he doesn't look like the one we know. I, yeah. Cause that would be the perfect fucking Trojan horse is like, Hey, Morpheus, this guy feels right. enough like the old guy that make me feel safe. But he's like, I, I don't, but to what end? I don't know. Because he doesn't remember Morpheus, I feel like the better Trojan horse would be Trinity because that's the person he's going towards. Whereas Morpheus is like, hey, I'm trying to make you remember this stuff. And he's like, who the fuck are you? You don't know me. 
you know, so it's like the fact that he's giving him pushback, I feel like isn't, I, I had this thought too, like what if the whole idea of putting Trinity in that in there is also just another system of control? Like we'll keep him occupied with trying to get the girl and that'll keep him from being the hero and fucking up this new matrix we built or whatever. Oh, maybe um, that's what they, they, they think. Like, like you do this, like the reason we lost is because there was this love story we've gotten the way up. If we let it play out, it won't fuck up the matrix. Yeah, like if he if he gets the girl, he won't care about what's wrong with the world. He'll just be happy in a relationship, and you know we can we can kind of let him. Which, if that's the case, why are they trying to you know why are they drugging him with the blue pills, trying to get him to forget everything? Well, and that's part of it too. Is like, you know, is is this really the last part, or is this launching like a new trilogy? And we're going to see at the end of this that oh, all this all this stuff happened, but it basically just set up another story. You know, mm-hmm. cause that's part of it is like, what if he spends this whole movie chasing Trinity and it's like at the end, like, oh, he got the girl. Then it's like, yeah, like, oh, she's actually a Trojan horse and everything is actually fucked up. And what is the happy ending for this world? You know, because we got an ending at the end of three. Right. Where it's like, yeah, people want out who can get out. You know, Zion wasn't slaughtered. Zion is going to continue to grow. But there's peace between them and the machines. The machines are going to do their thing. Like, humans are sharing the world with them. Some people are in the Matrix, but it's because, yeah, like, you... If people are going to choose that, the way to end this is to not force all those people to get out of the Matrix and have to live in the real world. You know, like, that's that's taking away their freedom of choice, you know? So we're kind of left with this world that kind of sucks, but is also kind of necessary in a way, you know? Whereas if this, if this one, like, how is this one going to end is it just going to end the story of neo and trinity and they live happily ever after but the matrix still exists or are they going to actually bring down the whole thing you know is another thought i had is maybe this time around you know neo's job isn't just going to be to kind of create peace between the machines but maybe it's going to be his job to kind of wake everyone up in the matrix and be like this is a simulation you shouldn't be in here you know and make them want to get out of the matrix you know that would that's going to be the fucking 1984 ending of this film it's like he's going to have that conduit and be able to speak to all of humanity and they're going to choose to stay they're all going to put down their smartphones and the machines are going to have no more power and it's like well no i'm saying like that he's going to offer the choice to come out or stay in and they're going to say stay in oh oh oh, yeah like they're going to be complicit and Neo's going to be like, fuck. And that'll be the end. <laughs> well, <laughs> it'll just be him and Trinity as the only humans out of the matrix. Everybody else is plugged in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there's still a Zion. Like I think, I think they show scenes of the real world. Like there are a few, a few shots in the, in the trailer. Sorry. We've talked a lot so, around the trailer. I, <laughs> we, yeah. we haven't really gone into the content of the trailer, but like, it, it yeah. appears like there's some sort of pill, the red pill. No, he's taking the blue pill, right? Like, cause that's the, yeah, he's taking the blue pill to like make him forget. Or, you know, yeah. To kind of, him. yeah. And I mean, that's yeah, the, other, the blue pill is what makes you fall asleep and wake up and believe whatever you want to believe. Right. So he's like, you know, being dosed on that. There's this scene, yeah, all the machines working on Neo's body. There's also someone shoots a gun and Neo's trying to catch the bullet. And then, yeah. So you can see, like, the scarring on his eyes from the end of the third one. So, like, it is Neo's body. And it looks like there's a bunch of, like, these little crab spider-like machines Mm -hmm. all kind of doing stuff to him. Oh, it looks like they're either, like, cutting him or healing him. Maybe they're making oh, because they removed all his portals. So maybe they're yeah, maybe they're like operating on him, like adding all those plugs back in. 
Yeah, because so it looks, they can in, in the, the like the teasers that we just watched. There's a one where there's the port in it, the back base of his skull, and then there's a bigger one lower into his spine. It's like this big port there. Yeah, well. yeah, so that was one of the things. Yeah, it's like it, what is that? But but yeah, like on yeah on these pictures, they show his body and like they're kind of plugging him back in. Which like yeah, maybe that's why they're operating on him because like they had removed them in the first matrix you know he had like all the little you know the inputs they supposedly removed them all so maybe they have to put them back in so yeah i think there is some degree of taking his body and like jacking him back into the matrix right we get a new morpheus oh yeah so here's the scene of those big yeah where it's like these two giant things with these little pods at the end and they're facing each other and there's a big red light on. So, so again, we've kind of come to look at the, the the red pill as being like you know the choice to to choose reality over the the convenient fantasy. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, who's in? Is that Neo on the left? Is that Trinity on the right? Like, what's the what's up with that? Oh yeah, because then right after that, they show him like in the pod, like looking. But and this is the thing too. And this maybe plays to what you were saying before about it ignores the second and the third one is that um, in that scene where, so it shows those two pods, and then it shows Neo, like, in the pod reaching, but he has eyes again. So right. either maybe that's a dream, maybe that happened before, or maybe they were somehow able to grow his eyes back, or maybe, yeah, like, the, the second, the third movie never happened. But, I mean, they do have that one scene where his eyes are all melted. Right. Um, so it's not, like, completely ignored, yeah, like he has eye. Yeah, he has eyes, and he and he has a little bit of hair. He has like a shaved head, but it's not like to the skin right. the way it was when he first wakes up. I'm curious. I'm really interested to know who this is that's snapping to at the end of this. Well, isn't it Morpheus snaps when he's talking about the pills, right? In the original, when like when he's describing that, like he's he's offering the two pills. There's a there's a snap moment in that delivery. Oh, I thought that was when he closes the case that he had the pills in. Oh, maybe this just means I need to rewatch them again. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the person who does a snap too also is wearing a ring, this weird ring too. Oh, because they did so confirm what... the Merovingian will be returned. That's right. Yeah, so maybe it's him. He likes. I also like Neil Patrick Harris's blue glasses. It's like if we can't get any more obvious about what this person represents. <laughs> Subtlety is not something that's part of the Wachowski palette. Like, they're very, <laughs> this is what yeah. this is. <laughs> right, yeah, it's like. Do you think that they're gunning for another two films after this one? Um, People are probably going to think I'm an asshole, but I hope so. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, especially if they're setting up some other story. I mean, I, yeah, that's. I guess that's what I don't know about this. Is this meant to just be like a coda you know, like, mm-hmm. like, okay, this, this kind of ended, but here's this little tying up loose ends and just kind of a nice little, like, you know, the, the other one ended, but kind of left us with the bad taste in our mouth because of a few things. It's like, okay, let's get this happy ending. And, and that's it. It's funny. Like, you know? as you're saying that, all I can think is Mad Max too. Like, it's the same, like, it's like, Hey, let's do Fury Road. Cause Thunderdome was like, it had crossover, but everybody saw it. It wasn't as great as Road Warrior. But, like, let's do this fourth one, and now they're doing a Furio, like, and that's been the catalyst for these other projects that are coming within that universe. I don't know if I'm just getting to the point, like, we've seen so many movies that are setting up the next movie, Mm. and I'm like, can we stop doing that? Can we just have a movie? Like, I'm excited to revisit this world, 
And I do, but I don't know. Is Keanu coming back for two more of these? Like I, I don't know. Like he's mm. a badass. Like he, it's we are in the Keanu essence. He, he seems like he's got the energy for him. I just like I don't know. There's so much up in the air, and it, it's felt so. I, I guess that's what I was asking about. Like feeling after the third one after revolutions that it was kind of like done like it felt very much done in like kind of oh man neo's gone like i so i i'm interested to see what they're gonna have to carry through to another film after this or if it's gonna be that kind of like it's open to one but not not necessarily gonna and and here's one thought that i had too is like i know sometimes a lot of people will, will criticize like oh they're just they're just doing it for the money or they're doing it for the it's just like Nobody asked for this. So I feel like the fact that Lana wanted to do that, there's got to be something driving her, some 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 great story to tell. For sure. Like, yeah. That's kind of the way I look at it. Like, is, you know, usually when sequels get made just because it's like, hey, this will make more money, it usually tends to be like, like, let's just churn these pieces of garbage out, you know? Yeah. Like, every few years, we'll just pump out a new one. Um, the fact that, like you know i feel like we all we all kind of moved on you know like i mean well you know <laughs> I to turn loosely you know everybody's moved times on bring up the matrix <laughs> yeah but like i i was not expecting one like i don't know who was right. clamoring for one if there were like message boards where it's like oh man we need more matrix i feel like either people were like yes that was a satisfying ending or i didn't like that ending and you pissed me off so fuck your world you know kind of thing so, you know, the fact that they are making another one, the fact that, you know, and one of the things I'm interested to see is with this film, we'll get to see, like, what Lana's strengths and weaknesses are and what Lily's strengths and weaknesses right. were. Yeah. Because you see, you know, the two of them working on the other three, it's like, okay, we've got this product, but it's like, because I remember, wasn't that the case with, like, Inception, where, who's Christopher Nolan's brother? Like, Jonathan. hadn't his brother, yeah, Jonathan Nolan, hadn't he done, like, the screenplay for Memento and then Christopher Nolan directed it? But then I think... Christopher Nolan did the screenplay for Inception. And that's why everyone was just like, okay, buddy, stick to directing. You know, mm-hmm. I could be wrong about the movie, but it's, it's something like that where we got to see like, okay, like, cause you're good at one thing. you may not be good at this other thing. Or what made this movie a powerhouse was because the two of you were working together, playing to your strengths. So I'm interested to see if we're going to see a bunch of stuff missing where it's just like, oh yeah, that's what Lily would have brought to the table. Or if it's just going to be like, oh, was, you know, this was amazing. Was, was Lana really carrying the first three the whole time, you know? Like, right. So, so yeah, I'm interested to see that and like, which, you know, and, and that, that kind of makes me wonder too, like if it, if it took the two of them working together to get the first three to happen, you know, the fact that Lana's like, I'm going to go ahead with this anyway, even if Lily's not on board because I need to tell the story, you know, like what, you know, that, that to me speaks to the fact that there's, there, you know, there's some heart and inspiration behind this, gotcha. not just like, you know, Hey, you know, it'll make a ton of money. Another matrix film. Like, like who, who would have just pulled that out of their ass? You know? Well, I um, mean, a Warner brothers who's fucked up Batman and Superman <laughs> might've been like, you know, what used to make us a lot of money? <laughs> I guess. Or just don't fuck up Batman and Superman. anymore. Like it seems so easy. <laughs> I, I think there was always like, oh, it would be cool to return to that world. I feel like that was always yeah. in the ether, but it, it, so much time had passed. And that was kind of at the end of one era of filmmaking where if you got three, you were goddamn lucky and you were never seeing another one. And then everything yeah. is set up for a sequel kind of past that. That kind of era came into being 
after they had kind of closed the lid on this story. So it's interesting to have it come back within this film movement where we're very much like, what's the origin? How do we pull more stories out of this? Here's a, a, a continuity shift. Here's a, a retcon. We we're very much more malleable as consumers in terms of those kinds of stories now. And we're also nostalgia junkies. So it's like, Hey, we'll bring this thing you like, and we can do like, I, I, Honestly, I think Warner Brothers is like, we are losing so much money on these superhero films. Can we, let's bring back a franchise we know is tried and true. We'll get Lana to do it and we'll just let her do it. I hope that they just let her do it. Cause that, that yeah. would be, that would be the biggest tragedy is to have a Matrix 4 with so many studio fingers in it that it, it, it it's not as good as it could be. I know I'm, right. I'm speaking Snyder cut language there, but like, Warner Brothers fucks this up. Like they get these talented people and they they put them in this corner. I don't know. Zach also doesn't know how to finish a, a movie. I am convinced of that. <laughs> he shouldn't have gotten another chance. But like I I just don't. I have more empathy for Lana because I love this story so much and she, she proved to us that she can build this world. And I just want to see her vision realized. That's that's what I'm most excited about is to see. That it's 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 not like they lost the rights to it and some they're doing a Fantastic Four just to keep the rights going, you know. Like it, right, it seems yeah. like it's coming from, like you said, a place where the fire of the story that she wants to tell is what's going to drive it forward. And I really that I'm really excited for that because they start um, with robots versus karate, which is awesome. Yeah. So if she like if we get a little how I'm not seeing a whole lot of connective tissue to John Wick other than. Keanu looking like freaking John Wick in that one shot. I yeah. do you think I mean we've seen the trailer is long and we see a lot and it's all but like at half a second increments. So we right. it feels like we saw a lot, but I I'm wondering how you think now, having seen the trailer, if there'll be a John Wick connection. I don't think so now, because like his I mean, part of the thing with John Wick was he John Wick seemed like he was Neo if Neo had maybe taken the blue pill, but real, but had this memory of like, hey, I can do weird things, you know, more, more than, you know, I could do slightly superhuman things. And then just made his living as like a killer, but within this world of the Matrix where it's like he, you know, and so again, he's not a fully realized Neo that can fly, but, but kind of acknowledges that the world is fake and he can manipulate things. I just and that was kind of like what's that? What if John Wick is the machine's attempt at making an agent from Neo's source code, like his DNA? Ooh, and then it's John Wick versus Neo because it's he's like a a less developed, less human. Even though he has this human origin story, what if that instead of Smith we get Neo versus Neo? And it's truly like he is your opposite. What a ingenious programming too, because like you you need the skills of Neo, but you want to dehumanize him. So what do you do? You take away the woman he loves yep. and you replace it with something that's supposed to represent that love, and then you kill that thing. Yep. And it's like, you know, like all you would have to do is be like, Oh yeah, John Wick, it was actually this guy Thomas Anderson who killed your dog. You know, and then you've got like, okay, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. I don't care if he looks just like me. I'm going to fucking kill him, you know. And that's the thing. Like, the John Wick world is very kind of like physics-defying me and very much like he, he seems to move through it like it's a video game. 
Yeah. What if that's the thing? Like, what if they put him in this like this squishy matrix where he could kill all these people as John Wick? And I don't know. Like, I, I I'm still looking for some kind of way to connect the two. It I don't know because the yeah. tone of the trailer seems very much like this is very much Matrix, 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 and it makes me like coming out of it. The reason I asked the question is coming out of it. It felt like, well, a John Wick connection would be would feel tacked on because they seem to be doing so much just within the matrix right already and and that's that's part of it too is like i gave up on the whole john wick matrix connection because i didn't want to be trying to shoehorn either of those movies into what i wanted them to be Mm -hmm. and be like if this they're not connected then fuck these movies you know it's like okay like let the matrix be the matrix and let john wick be john wick you know i mean it was it was fun especially when for a while they had the same release date yeah, I was like, how funny would that be? It was like either theater you go into, you're watching the same movie, you yeah. know, like, and I mean, that would be like a, a baller move because it's like, especially after like what Marvel's been doing, like mm-hmm. the only way to top that is to take two completely different franchises and be like, these are actually in the same universe <laughs> and it's the same character and like, you know, but it's like, uh, not everything has to be that, you know, I mean, yeah. you said uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it killed you to say it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, Tim wants yeah, and all of, he wants every nacho to be the nucleus. He wants all of his favorite things on each chip. And who yeah. doesn't want that? <laughs> but it's like I wonder if like, you know, that was sort of the thing is like back in the day like yeah, we had sequels every now and then and then a sequel would turn into a series. But it was just like one and then another, then another, then another, which, again, I feel like is a very different thing than when you set out to make a trilogy, you know, and it's different again, from like, beginning, middle and end. You know? Right. And I'm thinking of like horror movie trilogies or, or embedded series after that. It's like those are like, OK, we established a formula in the first one. Let's recreate that because we know like we know how to do that. We don't have to deviate from it because they'll come back to see. The, the the scares and, and the, the kills mm-hmm. so like that's that's a different kind of filmmaking than we'll make one and we'll see uh, we'll leave it open and then see how everybody reacts to it and then it's like almost speculative how those have been put together so it, it'll be interesting to see with with this one like since it's coming like you said from the lana wanting to tell the story yeah yeah so yeah, so does she want to tell a new trilogy and this is the first part of a new trilogy or is it just a standalone thing? And, you know, where does where does that fall in this? You know, like, yeah, again, we talked about like, okay, let's just make endless ones until they stop making money and then we'll kill the franchise. Or, you know, are we setting out to tell a trilogy, you know? And yeah, I, yeah, I feel like the trilogy or at least the intentional trilogy, we'll say, does tend to, to be reserved for, you know, somewhat of a higher end of storytelling because I feel like, yeah, you have to be able to tell a story that's going to take three parts to tell, but have each of those parts be a self-contained part. And I feel like not everybody can do that the way they can just tell a story that just goes through a whole thing and it ends by the end of it, you know? And I wonder if like, you know, the idea of like, you know, TV and how TV has made this evolution of not just being like a standalone episode every week and kind of who cares what came before to being like serialized, you know, and, you know, yeah, I think of things like with, you know, like with Joss Whedon, with Buffy and Angel and all that stuff, it's like, you know, you've got, you know, the a plan for the series and then a plan for each season, but then a plan for each episode. And all of that has to work both individually and as, you know, some of the parts, you know, um, you know, if you, if you can pull off a trilogy that's done, you know, well, 
you know, I think that that says something. And I think also people are more we're more used to trilogies and sequels and we're more primed for stories that kind of wrap up but don't really finish, you know, and we're waiting for the next one, you know, and yeah, I don't always just think it's a money making scheme, like right. like let's leave the ending opening so we can make more money later, you know, like I think I think sometimes that's just, you know, how creative people think. If you have a story that's too big, that's bigger than just two hours, you know, it's like, okay, it's this epic that's going to be told over parts, you know. Yeah, we're much more accustomed to, like, the long-form storytelling now. And, I mean, like, they, they released the runtime for No Time to Die, which is plenty of time to die. Two hours and 48 fucking minutes long. Wow. It's like, that's a, like, I love James Bond. That's a lot of James Bond. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and, and Moonraker's you know, two and, hours. Like the fuck. <laughs> and and not to say that this you know th- this can't be done, but it's like when I think of movies that are super long, you know, like Lord of the Rings, like the the especially the later Avengers movies. Like there are tons of characters that we have to deal with in that amount of time and what they're doing and how they're participating. But yeah, this is one dude kind of blowing through all this stuff. <laughs> Like that's all. Yeah, it's a lot of time to spend with one guy. <laughs> and it's a th- like, I am I going to go see it? Of course I fucking am because it's been two years since we had a Bond film, and I'm so jacked up, excited to see it. As good or bad as it's going to be, because it's supposed to be his last one. Though the last three were his, supposed to be his last ones. I but it's 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 the 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 utter taboo of like Titanic being three hours long, so long that you needed two fucking vhs tapes to own it at home right like you got intermission (laughs) right like how wildly different the landscape for mainstream movies is now for yeah two and a half is is now the minimum not only are we making more movies with longer form storytelling and multi-film storytelling in mind those films are also getting longer so it it's really interesting. Like, w- at what point are we going to be sitting in the movie theater for five hours? Like, right. I mean, I love that. I'm always, and that's the thing. Like, I there are consumers and there are fans who will be like, yeah, just put it all in. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm here for five hours. I guess it's the other. You justify the price of the ticket, right? Like, it's if I'm paying fifteen dollars, it's two and a half hours. Even if it sucks, it's like, well, I got two and a half hours, right? of whatever that was, but we've gotten really abstract and we're very far from the film right now. I know we're going to talk about thing. I was like, I was like, I'll talk about the trailer. It's just three minutes. It'll be self-contained. I'm sorry. I totally, I, no, no. <laughs> Cause the first question I asked was like, how did you feel with the state of the franchise before this? Right. <laughs> and you're like, how many hours do I need to tell you this story before you get it into your head that that's not a simple question? <laughs> I think in effort um, to to not go all night, we should transition. But if you had some other stuff. Well, I, I, I quickly just wanted to like zip through the rest and just kind of point oh, yeah, out some things. Sure. I mean, some of them are obvious, like they're not like mind blowing, but like from an editing standpoint, like how cool it is that they lined up when he said, she says, go ask Alice, like the book closes yep. on Alice in Wonderland. Like, I mean, it's, it's super like simplistic and obvious, but it's just like, if you didn't do that, I would have been like, why the fuck didn't you do that? You know? And it's just like, also how well in this little clip of, is it uh, Priyanka Chopra? Is that how you say her name? Jonas. The, so I'm, I'm assuming she's playing, you know, a, a rebooted younger version of the Oracle uh-huh. and how quickly she captures that first Oracle. Uh, was that, um, what's her name? Gloria something, I think. In the little 
smirk that she gives. I'm just like, oh my god! Like, and 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 what's funny is how the the second woman they got to play the Oracle. Okay, this is a rebooted. This is rebooted version of the Oracle. This is a different person, yeah. a different character. Like, like in this two seconds, it's just like it. Uh, you know, it's like, is that the original Oracle? Like, gotcha. it's, it's definitely like, it's like she. She. Yeah, we were waiting she for her. her. <laughs> yeah, before we could reboot it because we needed somebody to capture that thing. Yeah. I don't think I, I noticed that in the trailer. I'm, I'm see that's the other thing is we're gonna have to watch like six times after this to talk about the, yeah to see all this stuff and then and then we get so after that we get the first scene of Keanu Reeves and he's looking at a mirror I believe but behind him is Neo's face on a screen and we're like it's a, you know that I didn't notice that one first I noticed the later one because it was a much more iconic shot from the Matrix but like fuck like that's yeah that's keanu reeves on the screen right behind him and then we see you know the yeah the old ass version of him morph back into the original i've heard people speculating that that has to do with like is is he actually a lot older than we think he is and this is just sort of how he sees himself is how he remembers himself another person speculated is that when the machines like kind of reject him into the matrix is did they kind of like kind of like how the agents will take over another person's body like, is that what this is? Like, he's actually imprinted himself on another human. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the reflection that he's seeing is who the body actually belongs to that he's walking around in. I would, I can't say meat suit because it's a simulation. He's not physically inside. You know? Right. <laughs> Put it on mute so I can look at it again, just so I, I can kind of follow. So, that, yeah, then we have more. And this is one of the things I think is really cool. Him wearing a, a red shirt, which I feel like, again, like in the originals, I feel like it's very black but with yeah i think morpheus has like a green tie at certain points and we get but now it's like the the red that this emphasis is on red so much that idea of like you know the the red pill even keanu's blazer is blue i'm noticing like in when he's taking the blue pills he's like wearing a Mm -hmm. blue it's also so like the more i watch this too it's also disorienting to watch matrix footage that isn't green filtered like that's that's you know part of it oh shit i just saw i just saw her make that smirk Holy crap, yeah. you're right. You are absolutely right? right. Oh, God, how? How'd they do that? He kind of um, looks like when he's looking in the mirror and he's seeing kind of the balding, he looks like Bill Burr. Cypher. <laughs> or is it Cypher? Was that his name? Oh, I mean, uh, Joe Pantoliano? Yeah, that guy. Very Bill Burr-esque, actually. Yeah. A Bill Burr type. Before it's like Bill balding, Burr. but with long hair. Like, I'm not, I can't let go of the fact that I'm balding, so I'll grow my hair long. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> That's uh, the Gallagher. Gloria Foster. <laughs> Gloria Foster. That's the original or- Oracle. Gotcha. But yeah, like she just, like she just has the sass that the original Oracle did. The sass and the sort of like comfort in her own skin. Whereas I feel like the second Oracle was kind of like, okay, I see what you're doing. You're the same, but not really the same. Whereas this is just like, okay, that's the same person. I also like. I wonder if there's a difference between like in the original, the original Matrix. I feel like the red and blue pills were more like gel caps. Uh-huh. Whereas these definitely have that sort of like, you know, like the solid gel kit, whereas this has the mm. like, oh, yeah, you kind of take the little pieces, two halves apart and put them together. Right. Uh, oh, another thing with, yeah, go chasing rabbits. We see the rabbit tattoo like right on the word rabbit. It's so kind of heavy handed, but it's like if you hadn't done that, I would have been disappointed, you know, right. <laughs> like you've got to do that. It's a great song, too. Yeah, that's the other part of it, too, is like I had that song stuck in my head for days. Yeah. And what was funny, too, is after I got it out of my head, Krista and I watched, um, it was a documentary. I forget what it was about. Oh, um, actually, no, we watched a bunch of documentaries. But for some reason, it was about a bunch of music festivals. 
and you know they were talking about one from the 60s and they played white rabbit and i was like fuck that's gonna be in my head again for like another fucking week but that's fine i loved it it was great um, i always remember I that the, as the song that uh benicio del toro wants to die in the yeah. tub too in fear and loathing yeah well that, that's what i said the, the, so the scene earlier when he was in the tub with the, oh, with the ducky the, on his head yeah yeah, I'm like that. I like I said to uh, text my friends. I was like, yeah, that's what it made me think of. Is like you know with Benicio in the in the you know the tub, and it was like, what um, if Neo yeah. is I mean, Hunter it, it, S. Thompson? <laughs> what if that's the? <laughs> yeah, it's not John Wick Aversi. <laughs> it's the, 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 the duck is to- Hunter S. Thompson and the you know, <laughs> Benicio del Toro's character. <laughs> so now we have Jessica Henwick's character, and she's got blue hair. So so this right. is what's kind of confusing to me. Is like, well, why does she have blue hair? Like blue is supposed to represent all the stuff that's kind of keeping Neo down, keeping Neo regular and normal. And then we get the doorway, which I feel like was a huge part of revolutions, like or reloaded, you know, yeah. him going through the door to see the architect, all that stuff. I get with all of the screens in the background, and at one point he like he's behind this this console, it seems like. I get very much the reloaded like all of the screens with all of the different neo reactions to what the the um the architect is oh, yeah. telling him like mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be part of it too where like we're going to have another like program telling neo and showing him like how how manipulated his life has been to this point. right it feels slick man like some of those yeah. effects where they're like they're defying the laws of physics in ways that you couldn't do CGI wise now like now that stuff looks so yeah. sick. Like he changed his direction off of the corner of a building midair. Oh yeah. And just goes like that's so sick. And then when yeah. when Morpheus is fighting him and Keanu's like don't pl- don't push me, bitch! It just annihilates yeah. the whole simulation. Well, I, and I love that part too because you know we, we're used to the you know the dojo from the fighting scene before, where it's like so much like a video game. Like you know, nothing exists outside of those four walls, right? You know, right. it's just that building. It, this is all they. This is all that's been created in this program because they, we need these four walls to have their fighting in there. But the fact that we see like the trees outside, you know, it just it shows like how much more elaborate everything is. And how much more like elaborate Morpheus's clothes is instead of just like a standard gi of just like right. okay you're black I'm white you know it's again it's the red you know I like I like I said I like how they're doubling down on the red with this like they didn't really do that much in the first three it was you know there was the red pill but everything else was all green versus you know the the cool blue of the real world whereas this one yeah like it's it's it's, it's a totally different color scheme and I love that. And then, yeah, we get a, a, another glimpse of the quote unquote real world with the, you know, the machines and we, you know, you got the pods are still there. Yeah. It looks like we see a hovercraft, you know, in the kind of remains of the, the earth. I think this is the building that Neo and Trinity were originally on when he likes, you know, catches her and, uh, you know, with the helicopter falling. Oh, is that where looks they're watching the like sunset on the roof? Yeah. Or maybe not that scene, but another one. Oh yeah, here's a scene yeah, where she she flips off the building and just like changes and just like hops off. Okay, and yeah, even the the agents changing is a lot more smooth. I feel like in the yeah. first one it was definitely like this glitchy thing, and the second yeah. and third it was more it was almost more like horror because like the way you would see the people's faces like yeah. stretching in their teeth. Whereas this, it's more like no, nah, just get it done. I'm probably completely wrong here, but I'm watching the scene when they show the guy pointing the gun. I think that that gun's called the Desert Eagle, the ones that the the agents all used. Mm -hmm. And he's pointing it at Neo's head. I'm kind of looking, and I wonder if part of why the person is in the background, it almost looks like that could be Keanu Reeves. Like, that almost looks like Neo. 
Oh, pointing it at him? Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely reading into this, but like, like I, you know, as I watched it this time, you know, in slow mo, and you kind of stop it, it looks like with the collar, it almost has in the shape of his head. I mean, yeah, we don't see his features, which is part of the point. But like, I mean, so it could be anybody. But it's like, is that you know, is that another version of him like pointing the gun at his head? Yeah. And then, Do you see yeah, it looks this like... man deflecting a missile? Yeah, I love that. He's Holy just like Ugh. shit. <laughs> He's got full. Oh, so Jedi this is another this cool point. scene too. When they're yeah, so you see the the Matrix on the screen, and it looks like they're in like maybe a movie theater, but someone yeah, it's like it looks like there's a screen, and the screen is like torn, mm-hmm. and then they're shooting a missile, like to behind the screen, which is flying through this building, either a movie theater or a club. It looks like there's a, there is a stage, but then there's a door that opens to a train. So I love that that it's got that same thing we had you know with the doors that it's like oh one lo- one key opens a door, one you know opens a, a portal to somewhere else. So I love that they're kind of bringing that whole idea back, but like making it crazy. It's not just like, Oh, here's a door from one room to it. It's like, Oh, this is a door on a moving train. So this missile is coming flying from nowhere and blowing up this train. It looks like they're going to have a hallway fight. That looks like, like inception, eat your heart out. Like the way they enter yeah. the room is upside down and they're flipping. Yes. Through, like, yeah. This is going to be bonkers. I'm not ready for this. He fucking oh, this is another thing too. a missile. What? How? <laughs> I mean, he can stop bullets. <laughs> yeah, but they're small. <laughs> I guess they're all fictional. <laughs> What's is the, that Colin I mean, the whole the thing? Uh, no, the, wait, the guy who's sitting in the chair, like he looks. That's the guy who played um, King George in Hamilton. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's something on the, the wall written on the wall behind Neo when there's that explosion in the hallway and he comes like jumping forward and I can't pause it like to see what it says. It looks like the first two letters are D E. Cause this looks like the tenement built oh. like when they do the big, uh, like chase sequence in the end oh. of the first one. Like that's what I think it says looks like. the Deus, Deus ex machina. I think. Oh no, they're not doing see, that shit again. <laughs> I can see D E U and then it's Keanu's head covering a few letters and then C H I N A. Yeah. That's okay. Deus ex machina. <laughs> I haven't looked at a trailer this closely in a long time. Yeah. Well, I haven't needed to, you know, well, that's fair. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, so we have the thing with, with Trinity where she's connected with, again, it's obviously it's Trinity. Like, I mean, she has a shaped yeah. head, but it looks just like her. But, yeah, we see that, the, like, this this clear tube going into this bigger jack underneath the other one. So have they she, evolved and it's like, oh, it's just this one jack. We don't need all the multiple ones. I don't know. She's also giving, like, real xenomorphy queen of the aliens. Yeah. Emerging from the, the extendo thing. Oh no, this is weird. So the 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 scene where she's like screaming and there are all those versions kind of that, that kind of blow out from her, some yeah. of them don't look like her. They don't have the same outfit. But even like the, the, the shape of their face is different. So I wonder if, if that's like again playing with that idea that like have they been jacked in and they've taken over someone else's body? So it's not that like, oh yeah, like this is you know, like I'm overwriting someone else's program the way the agents do. And is that mm. like the person kind of underneath her gotcha and just the the way the music builds too and the way they add like 
the orchestra around the existing yeah. recording is just like gets me every time. It's just like that. That's going to be the dream for me someday. Is not not scoring an amazing film, but getting to do a trailer where it's like take this badass song and we want you to layer orchestra on top of it. I'm, I, I'm just kidding. I would love to do a film rather than doing a trailer, <laughs> but like having someone say yes, you have the rights to do this without someone saying, hey, you can't use White Rabbit. You know? Oh yeah, here it is. The scene yeah where he comes through the door like upside down and the, and the running on the walls and it looks like the hotel from the first one yeah where like the heart of the city hotel although more and morpheus looks like an agent that's what's weird too like he's wearing like black and white and he has like regular ass sunglasses that aren't pinched on his nose so what's up with that morpheus can't recast those glasses that those glasses are half of the reason this franchise exists yeah the effect is so good i really wanted them to do another room with no shadows like that's that's yeah. one of my favorite effects from the first one. Yeah. So another thing that, that I just thought of too is like, you know, so we have that hallway which looks like the hallway from the first Matrix. Then we have two people kind of falling out the window of a building, which kind of reminds me of like, you know, in the second one when, you know, like Trinity's falling and the agent shooting at her. So I wonder if they're like revisiting some of these scenes, you know, in in different ways with different characters. And then there's a scene it looks Kind of like, oh, maybe it's a bathroom because there's a urinal in the corner where like Neo and someone else jump up and punch each other. I hope that's Neil Patrick Harris because I want to see him doing some like hardcore Matrix style fighting. Get some like fight choreography because he moves well. He's he's great at choreo. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it could be him. It looks like a similar body type, but it might also be that the other guy from the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Neo stopping tons of bullets again. They're both song and dance men. They could both do fight yeah. for you. That's an untapped right, potential. Is redirecting the missile. Just shoot, go over there. Blow up that helicopter. Oh, and if you stop it too, it's really cool. You can see the buildings actually rippling too. Like the way it did yeah. um, when the helicopter hit the building and it like ripples. Like the whole building's doing that. So you see like, you know, the shock waves where it's like, you know, it hasn't quite caught up with the fact that like, oh, this is supposed to be breaking, not just bending. I love that too. Like them leaping off the building. It's such this... You know, the, you know, because by the, the quintessential leap of faith, you know, right. where it's like they don't have an exit plan. They're just jumping off this fucking building, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like you just might fall to your death, but like probably not. And, and it's probably because it's this sort of like, you know, the same way when when the helicopter is going over the building, he just like looks like, oh, I'm just going to wrap my hand around and grab onto this cable and catch the fucking helicopter. You know, like there's no no second thought to it. No, like, you know, it's just like, yep, this is what's happening. So badass. That's the thing, like, we've never seen them take a leap of faith together in the films. Yeah. It's always been well, yeah. Trinity or Neo. They've never yeah. done it together. Well, and, and that's the part of it, too, is that, like, is, you know, and I think this was has been one of the criticisms, too, is that, like, as badass as she is, she's still kind of there to support Neo, you know, both, like, you know, in terms of fighting and whatever, but also, yeah, in terms of the love story. Like, he is still the one. Whereas with this one, it almost more looks like that the whole thing is dependent on them as kind of like maybe like equal partners in a way, you know, that it's not just about him doing his Superman thing. Like they have to kind of like unite for that to happen. Maybe it's a thing like instead of the one, there are two. It's the two. Yeah. And it's Trinity, which is funny because her name means three. So right. are they going to have a kid? And is, are we just going to run out of Jesus analogs? Are they gonna, right. Like, Oh, and I did notice too. They have uh, there are two different composers for this one, and neither of them are Don Davis. So I'm interested to see 
how the music is going to play out. Like, is it going to be, you know, like with, um, like with Harry Potter, where it's like after John Williams stopped composing, like other composers came on, but they were still using the Harry Potter themes yeah. that John Williams had, you know, cause it's like, yeah, like want to use we were just We were just rewatching uh prisoner of Azkaban and like so much shifts in that, like directing wise, tonal wise, aesthetic wise, music wise. It's just like, a whole lot of and I I really like yeah. three. I've come to like three a lot more as I've watched it over and over. Like it, it's such a great shift of the tone, and the music is a big part of that. Like, well, yeah, wasn't that kind of too where they were making the transition from like middle school to high school? Or I guess no, three probably would have been the last year of middle school before like the. So anyway, never mind. But yeah, it's definitely like a, a shift to like this is a weirder, grosser, more twisted world than you've been living in for the first two. Mm-hmm. Even though it's second one is really dark in terms of like we almost killed this little girl (laughs) yeah so anyway yeah so we made it through the trailer (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure this is not the last time we will discuss this on this (laughs) yeah yeah when there was the when there was a second trailer (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it's it's interesting too like I, i i don't envy them for having to be like oh we've got a we've got to have hype you know like with the Matrix, part of the hype was, what is the Matrix? Right. It's like, well, we know what it is. And I feel like tons of people can already make a lot of predictions. Right. You know, like when you see certain images, you're like, oh, I know what that is. You know, like you know, like I said, like you see him with the, the eyes. It's like, oh, that's his eyes burned out from the end of episode three, you know, from the third one. And the machines are, you know, plugging him in. And like, you you know, you see these. It's not like, whoa, that's creepy. What's that? It's like, oh, that's what that is because right. of the previous stuff. So and how especially since the, the Matrix trailer was the first trailer for the Matrix was so you didn't know you knew nothing. There's very yeah. little to it. It's just like, what is the Matrix? And that was the whole gimmick. Yeah. Like, I remember like when I first saw that, I thought like he was a cop and right. he went through something that gave him superpowers and it's like, oh, that's how he can come out shooting all these guns and dodging bullets. Like, and it was just like, nope, that's not it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Leaping off of that's not it at all to a, our world famous segment, great ideas to go absolutely nowhere, which is also my pick for this week. Um, how I like how your pick is a segment? Like you're getting more and more meta. Like last time your pick was podcast. <laughs> now it was the. Form on a more broad sense, and now I'm picking away at the individual components. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, some of my favorite conversations with you are all hypotheticals. Like, that's what we do. Yeah. So I was like, that's what's coming into view. We've got, like, a, a Sony Wolverine video game coming out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard about that, yeah. By Insomniac, who's also doing the, the Spider-Man 2, where Venom will be part of it. And I guess Craven the Hunter is also a big part of that new game. So I was just thinking with with that, we've got Shang-Chi just came out. We've got Black Widow. Eternals is on the horizon. And we've got uh, What If is, is still coming out. Because they dropped that What If trailer with combining them. So it looks like we're going to get to cherry pick all of the What If superheroes into an Avengers. It looks like that's where right. that's going, which is exciting. How to X-Men in MCU? (laughs) Well, I think, first of all, I think they planned it very well by introducing this whole multiverse idea. Oh, yeah. I think that's that's definitely given them carte blanche of, like, we can do whatever. I guess guess the the prompt is, how would you do it? Like, what, what would you use and how would you introduce 
the X. So kind of like we did with mutants. with DC. If I was in charge of yeah, DC, yeah, yeah. I would, you know. But but more focused than that. Not not starting from scratch, but where we are now. Yeah. How you would incorporate this team? No, you go first if you have ideas. I mean, I'll I'll think about it. But well, you know, I love the Marvel meet cute, which is they punch a bit and then they're mates. That's mm-hmm. my favorite construct in any like that. That's how you do these beat 'em ups. Yeah. So it's got to be something where we see continuity from a an X Men Marvel universe, one of the multiverses, and they're fighting the Avengers because the Avengers are zombies or they're evil or it's the Thunderbolts for some reason in that universe, like the evil Avengers, like dark Avengers are, are, are part of it. And they get winked into the universe where we have this new Avengers team that's being built up and they take them to be the bad guys and they punch a bit. And then there's something bigger, say Galactus or Annihilus or something like that, or the scrolls or some, I don't know. I also don't like that they were like they're teasing secret invasion. I don't know. Right. I don't really like that storyline very much. I'm, I'm just not interested in it. So like, and also like they've changed things so wildly from comic continuity. Like, wh- however they're going to do, it, it's going to be wildly different. But like, I there has to be catalyst for them to come together. I think the timeline is the best way to do that. And I think you have to do it all at once because we're not going to sit around for a Wolverine, a, a Rogue, a Professor X. I don't think they have the time to do that. I think if they're, they're going to do X-Men, they're going to do it like a Band-Aid. And I think that's the way, I think that's the challenge that they haven't done, is introducing this new team, like a whole team in one film. And I think I think it should be like Avengers versus X-Men. That should be the film. And then the repercussions of that is is them becoming mates or like the end of that is, oh, wait, Magneto's actually the bad guy. Or, oh, Dr. Doom. That would be a cool villain for them. It's like, oh, Dr. Doom is is the bigger bad. Well, see, that's what's really tough because, like, we've already had Thanos as a big bad. And now moving with, with Kang where it's like, oh, like, there's a multiverse and multi-versions of him. And they're all terrible. And each one's worse than the last, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I have a hard time seeing doom be like the the big villain like you know I, I think he still works as a fantastic four villain you know because there is also a lot of personal stuff there yeah I think- i'm i'm looking for marvel to to rein it in a bit at a certain point because we've gotten we've gotten as big as you could go seemingly with thanos now we're going mm-hmm. bigger with time and these multiverses i think eventually we're going to need to come back to earth a little bit to ground it again and give us yeah. something more relatable. I'm enjoying the Kirby-esque shit because it's wild and crazy and fun, but, like, we're building these teams and they, they have to be grounded, too. I know, you know, hardcore DC fans will say this, but, like, you know, DC did it first, where Marvel in the comics, like, over the past few years, and I haven't read a lot of it because I'm, I'm way behind and I'd like to read things in order, so I wouldn't just skip ahead and read it, but they've been doing kind of like a, a multiverse thing already in the comics, where... You know, like originally the old man Logan story takes place in the future, but like in this, these runs, like old man Logan was brought into like the current, you know, 626 universe. So now we have old ass Wolverine, but like, I think the original Wolverine died for a while. So like, that was the only Wolverine we had like old man Logan and X 23, but no regular middle-aged Logan. Um, And now they brought back regular Logan, original recipe Logan. Of course. Um, 
you know, it, it, like same thing with other things. Like I think they brought in like Spider-Man 2099. I think right. he came, you know, and, and they had like, like the, um, you know, ghost spider or spider Gwen, like she, you know, is from an alternate universe, but she can't, you know, so, so I think that's like, I, I wonder, and I, I don't know how much of this was like conscious where, were they doing that in the comics to kind of set up the ability to do that in the, the movies later? Or is that just kind of like, you know, Hey, like we've already been playing with this, you know, we, we have this idea to draw from. So, so kind of what I was more thinking with the X-Men stuff was not so much of just taking a team and planting them down. If you're doing this whole multiverse and, you know, in addition to alternate realities, like also different, I assume you can go forward and backward in time as well. Cause that's how old man Logan got in. Like he's from the future and alternate reality. He's in this reality. So a way to go back through all the X-Men movies and pick out all the best characters as part of this. I think it was for you Battle You have the World. same answer to idea. this that you did to the DC one. Yeah, that's the... You I mean, like, want I, I, want a, I want a cherry pick, yeah. Because <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, is it's not like the X-Men movies have had, like, a constant, steady team of Avengers. Like, how no, many, how many actresses have much. played Jubilee? How many actresses have played... Kitty Pride, you know, like, uh, how many actor actors have played Cyclops, you know, like, I mean, I guess to be fair, like one of them is an adult, but two of them, there've been two actors who've played a young Cyclops, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like Deadpool also kind of set up for this where it's like, you know, Oh, you know, you know, Xavier, well, you know, McAvoy or, or, uh, Stewart, Stewart, you know, which timeline is this, you know, like, like it, 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 that awareness is already there, you know, that like, you know, so yeah. So which, it, are, are we bringing in adult Avengers or are we bringing in the younger, I mean, X-Men or the younger X-Men? Like, so, I mean, that, that question is already there. Like, it's not a matter of, you know, oh, we've, we've grown with this one group of X-Men all along and now we're just moving them into the Marvel universe. Like the X-Men universe has been a mess to begin with. You know, they've right. dealt with their own timeline issues. You know, <laughs> I think and, they've got a better timeline explanation than Avengers did. <laughs> I like Days I don't of know. Future Past well, better than... <laughs> yeah, if they had done another X-Men movie that took place modern day again and continued with, like, Gene and Scott, you know, and, yep. and Kelsey Grammer is the Beast, yep. like, you've got to have Kelsey Grammer as the Beast. You know, that other guy's great, but he's not fucking Kelsey Grammer, you yep. know? So so that's that's part of it, too, is, like, it would be... And, like, I feel like we never had a great angel slash archangel. Like, the other guy... You know, it, when he was introduced, I think, in X-Men 3, and it was kind of like, okay, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, Angel was one of the original X-Men. You're not right. going to bring him into a movie. That, that's always been my problem, I mean, with the X-Men franchise in, in general. It's like, they've been cherry-picking from the beginning. Right. Like, they're not, you know, that's like if, if the Avengers, it's like, let's make the original Avengers, you know, Captain America, Spider-Man, and, you know, and, I mean, granted, like, there is a little variation there because, like, we don't have Ant-Man and the Wasp in the original Avengers. Instead, we have Hawkeye and, and, and Black Widow. But, I mean, that sort of, you know, the Cap, Thor, Hulk, and Iron Man. I mean, Cap wasn't even an original Avenger. It was, you know, the other three. But, like, to just kind of pick and choose, and, and that's the thing, too, as I feel like Ant-Man and the Wasp were, sure, they were original Avengers, but they were... To me, they always seem like side characters, you know? I don't know. Maybe to other people, they're more... Maybe it was just because Hank Pym ended up being a wife beater that it's just like, fuck him. He doesn't get to be... He was definitely written out to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, with the X-Men, like, I I feel like they brought in some other X-Men who are... And maybe that was just an attempt to kind of go from, like, the original plus kind of where, you know, 
I guess to be fair, we didn't want to have a first X-Men movie that didn't have Wolverine in it, you know, and have to wait till, oh, we get to the giant size X-Men group of X-Men. So I guess, yeah, to be fair, that's fine. But, like, I get adding other Avengers that you want to bring in earlier and not have to wait for, but, like, leaving some out, you know. I guess Yeah, I've never been completely happy with the X-Men movies to begin with. So that's part of why it's up to me. Then, yeah, like, I'm going to pick all my my favorites. I also didn't like that they made Scott the younger brother and um, Havoc. I forget what his real name, but, you know, made him the older brother. Like, that was supposed to be their whole thing is, like, Scott was always the older responsible one. And Alex was like the young fuck up, you know, mm. and and that fit with the whole like havoc persona as opposed to like with Scott, this whole like, OK, I have to maintain control and I have the visor and I can't take him off. You know, like like his sense of responsibility versus havoc just kind of yeah being this like younger brother, like, oh, you'll never be as good as your older brother. Like, I feel like that's a huge part of like that whole interaction. So to take havoc and like put him back in the 60s and be like, you're going to be an original X-Man, you know, it's like wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just feel like, yeah, there was some, so many things they did. It's just like, why, why, why do that? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, they got Wolverine, right? So obviously right. like we got to put him in there, but like, I don't, that's the thing is part of me wants to see like old man, Logan, like that right. Logan come over, you know, like, and, and see him kind of struggling through all this. But, but then again, like, we have the opportunity to see more Hugh Jackman kind of not quite in his prime, but enough in his prime that it's like, you know, we get to see, a, you know, that hardcore Wolverine. I think but, I yeah. need to rethink the I just I'm sick of waiting for the X-Men to be That's That's the thing. I don't want to recruit. Mm. I don't want to do the let's get the band get back together. Blues Brothers thing. I want them yeah. to show up and fuck the Avengers up. So maybe that's the thing is like maybe they don't punch a bit in their mates. Maybe they punch a bit for the whole movie, and at the end they realize we're going to kill each other, so we have to figure this out. Like, there's got to be some, instead of a bigger bad, maybe that's the way that they, they hound it. It's like, after all the timey-wimey bullshit, we've returned to six one or 626 Earth, and is that the right? Isn't no, no, 626 is Stitch. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> 313? The, uh, no, I think it has a 6 in it. Fuck, I, I should know Whatever this. it is. Whatever the, like, comic continuity original earth whatever it is like maybe as they're coming back one six six one six so maybe as they're kind of recoiling and like okay this is the timeline we don't have to be deal with hank or uh, kang anymore there's no thanos to worry about oh shit there's mutants there's mutants with claws like i like that kind of throw that's the other thing is like you really you can't make the x-men the villain because that totally without some like specific contrivance because of the civil rights movement allegory and right. what they represent in the world that would totally I, I just, undermine that go ahead yeah no I, well because and this this again this could be what they're doing uh not just like i thought of this because i'm smart but like i think this is what they might be setting up with wanda because like the whole thing like you know with 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 Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver, like how even from the beginning, it's like, oh, well, they're mutants, but they were Avengers right. at one point, so you could use them in the Avengers, but they you can't call them mutants. And the whole thing with where they talk about Wanda, where she's the same in all realities, like from the, the WandaVision, when they were kind of talking about her. Mm-hmm. So maybe that Wanda actually also exists in the X-Men universe. And even though we haven't seen her played by that character, maybe that's better that we haven't seen her at all. So when they did the X-Men versus Avengers, it was because I think Wanda was getting to be such a threat that they're like, 
how are we going to deal with her? And both of them were like, well, you know, the X, I mean, the X-Men were like, well, she's a mutant. So she's our responsibility. The Avengers were like, well, she's Avengers. She's our responsibility. Right. And that's kind of what put them at odds. And that so could be something along to those lines. House of M, right? House of M is no, that's after that? House of M. Oh, it's after. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I think she, it was that. And then I think she did some other fucked up things too. Cause yeah, the thing, was, I guess I I'm forgetting. Like, I keep forgetting about Deadpool. Deadpool would be a great conduit for like, Oh, he popped in and brought X and Y and Z with him. Yeah. That would be cool. Like Avengers versus Deadpool. Just as like a fun, like romp tearing at him. And he's just like, I can't die. What are you doing? <laughs> like he just decides to like, maybe I'll go and get the infinity gauntlet or something like that. But I keep thinking, forgetting about that. I keep forgetting about Wanda and we've got vision is also moving around like silver vision, like the, mm-hmm. the, the government created one. And Ultron could still come back to like, there's all these different catalysts too. Yeah. It seems almost like that might be what they're doing, especially because they also, I mean, it ended up being more of a joke, but in WandaVision, they hinted at that by having the actor who played Quicksilver yeah. in the X-Men show up. And yeah. even though he wasn't actually Quicksilver, it was an actor. Like, I, I feel like that's kind of showing that the, the lines between these universes are blurring where they, they mention how she's the same in all realities, like something about like, what is it like because of her hex magic or, or whatever, that version of Wanda could very well be in the X-Men universe. And she could be the kind of the conduit, but she could also be the villain. You know, they almost turned her into like, almost like a dark Phoenix type character. Right. Where it's yeah. like, Oh, she's one of us, but she's fucking up all of reality, you know? And I think it did kind of start with, House of M, because I think they were basically going to get her, and that was kind of when she created this whole fake reality to kind of, like, protect herself, and then at the end of it, um, but there, I think there was something else. I don't, I don't know if it had to, if it was more of an X-Men story, and that's why I wasn't as aware of it. Maybe it was the whole, like, um, Genosha thing, where maybe she killed all the mutants who were on Someone Did, because I know it became this whole thing where after that, I think it was called like Necrosia, because everyone was dead, but then everyone came back to life. I don't know. So again, I know that there's there's stuff that happened with the X-Men that I'm not as aware of because I didn't feed that stuff as much. But I think there was more stuff she was doing that was getting everybody very nervous. And they're like, should we just put her down? You know, like, right. and I forget like who it was that was like trying to kill her and the others were trying to protect her. And I think that's what the whole, that thing was about. So it'd be kind of cool to like reference that as like, oh, this is why the X-Men are fighting the Avengers. It's because of Wanda. But to expand the story to fit where we're in, Gotcha. Which, uh, the thing. And I, I would and, like and, Wanda to, like, because they've done such a good job with actually finally giving her characterization. Like, the series was great for developing her character. Yeah. And I would really hate for her just to be a straight-up villain as a catalyst for it. But, like, to in- integrate them with it, maybe their Wanda looks the same, talks the same, but they show up to here and she's benevolent. She's They're like, no, we, we know better than to trust, like, and that yeah. might be a catalyst, too. Maybe because the X-Men's Wanda didn't have vision to kind of Ooh. help ground and balance her. You know, and maybe that's part of it where the, the Wanda we know, like, sure, her grief kind of sent her off the deep end. But it's because of, you know, something. And then if, you know, if vision were able to come back, it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to, you know, search for reality where vision exists because vision survived. Whereas, like, you know, there was nothing kind of keeping her tethered in the X-Men version, and she just, like, went off the deep end or whatever. Or theirs could be the hero, and the one we know so far could be the villain, 
Well, I guess that's part of it too. I mean, the, I guess the X-Men would have to cross into this universe because this is the one that's Mar- Marvel's been building. It would be kind of neat if they did the opposite. If they threw the Avengers into the X-Men's world and said, no, this is the world we're going to live in. Yeah. Or, or it, like we, we catch up with a timeline, like, and that's the other, I guess that's another question I have is like, how do you think it's all going to shake out? Like in the aftermath of the multiverse stuff, like what is going to be that? That's a really interesting, cause I, it'd yeah. be cool to get like battle world, like, yeah. or a weird world, like those weird kind of in between spaces. I think there's definitely like space to go, but like, I, I wonder if it will ever be grounded again. They've broken open every possibility. Yeah. And they could just make movies within that broken timeline forever. You know, again, DC did it first, but like when they did their... It's one of the... Cri- our listeners know we don't yeah, know the difference. One of the crises. Them. One of the crises. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough uh, of yeah, a running it? thing. <laughs> yeah. Infinite crisis. That's the one. Okay. Where they basically squished the multiverse down into one Earth. And you had like some characters died. Some characters, we had two different versions from alternate realities right. living on the same Earth together. You know, so you had like the Jay Garrick Flash and the Barry Allen Flash on the same Earth, you know that type of thing. But then other other versions like died off completely, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I, th- I think that it almost seems like they're moving towards something like that. Which, like, yeah, DC, if you want to do that with your movies, you should have done it sooner. I mean, you've had the opportunity, you've had these characters for so long, so many different versions of them, you know. So it's like, I don't, I don't think that oh, writing a multiverse story is owned by DC, you know. So it's like. Right. You know, and Marvel's going to do it in a different way in terms of who their characters are and how it kind of shakes out. But I think, I think that could be where it goes. Is like let's let's you know blow this thing up as big as possible and have all versions of all these characters and yeah, bring in the X Men, bring in the Fantastic Four through this whole multiverse idea. You know, maybe multiple versions of Spider Man. You know, in the mix and all that stuff. But then, you know, the final cataclysm could be like, okay, there, yeah, there could be only one Earth back to that, like from the Time Bureau, back to that one timeline that has to be maintained. So what happens to everyone else? Do they, do they die? Do they coexist on the same Earth? You know, like, it'd be cool, to, you know, because I think, you know, part of that, too, I'm wondering if they're planning on bringing Miles Morales into the live action right. one, too. It's also a way to get but, uh, 2099 Spidey. Right. Yeah. I mean, part of me is hoping that they're going to, that's what they're going to do with No Way Home, where it's like, yeah, let's do a live action Spider-Verse, basically. And that's going to be the prelude to, you know, the, the Marvel Universe expanding into this multiverse, you know. Tim, um, what if, what if Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home is like how they start the clone saga? Like, what if we I, get the cloned Peter Parker and they I do like that. the clone saga. So No, I'm not I, I'm not I, I'm not talking down to it. I'm just wondering like what if that's where they're going with it? Because we've had Spider Man yeah. movies, but they've had yeah. very little connective tissue to the comics really. They've been Spider Man as a component of this Avengers universe rather than right. doing like Spider Man specific storytelling. So I wonder if that's the kind of how they get to that is like this really weird because everybody's supposed to be in No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. Like it's supposed to be this crazy clash and weird continuities and bringing in things from all these angles. So I'm wondering if like we go for a while and like after they've pulled it back and he's been and then we get Ben Riley's storyline. I mean, I, I would love that. I mean, I don't part of for me what made the Clone Saga work so well 
is because it was this little thing that happened and then we kind of forgot about it for like five years. And then it's right. like, oh, wait, no, that clone's still around and it's actually the real Peter Parker. No, wait, no, it's not. It was the clone. You know, like, right. and I, I don't know that like we have enough to establish that. I mean, I guess you could go back to the first one and be like, oh, the vulture made a clone of him and the whole time it's been, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we, we could. We also um, don't know who this Peter Parker is really. Like we've had two movies and, but he's, in the Avengers stuff, he's kind of off to one side. He's meant to be like this surrogate son, and like we, he, the daddy issues have compounded with the influence of of Tony Stark. But like, I don't think we've gotten a whole lot of just Parker as Parker. I'm I'm interested yeah. to see if that's that's the thing. Like, we're getting so blown out. I don't know how you tell these intimate stories and character dramas about these yeah. characters. I'm wanting. Well, and I think to. that's the tough thing. Like, I think that's why it was so easy to tell those intimate stories with the first Spider-Man movies because it was self-contained. There were no other right. superheroes. It was just yeah. him. So, like, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we got a little bit of that with. I mean, yeah, Tony was there for Homecoming. The reason it seems so odd for Spider-Man is because he he isn't supposed to have a father figure. That's his whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, him having a father figure, it's weird for Spider-Man, but, like, I feel like tons of characters have father figures who they can kind of look up to and talk to, especially if they're young, or some sort of mentor. But, you know, that's kind of just because it's been his thing. It seems like Tony is kind of getting in the way, but it's just like, yeah, like, you're we're not used to seeing what happens when he kind of moves past this, like, oh, you know, my dad died, and then my, you know, my uncle died, and now it's just me and my aunt. That's the sort of typical Spider-Man story. I think that's one of the things I really liked about it, you know, especially, you know, more so than most people who are like, I'm sick of hearing Spider-Man's origin. It's just like, yeah, me too. Like, I've been reading about it for years in all its different forms, you know, and, you know, you couldn't not do that without being like, okay, we've got to change something. We've got to, like, take him somewhere else. And, you know, I think it's tough, too, because it's not like we're continuing the Tobey Maguire story. And that's the thing. It's like, I think the worst thing to do would be to retell the story of how Uncle Ben died, you know, with right. Tom Holland, you know. Well, and that's the thing. Um, I think from a writing perspective, they were really challenged with Spider-Man rights-wise, yeah. but also, like, how do we do this again, again? And, it, it, yeah. like, I think very much, like, those two Spider-Man films in the MCU are very much trained on, let's do anti-Spider-Man things, like, He's not in New York. He's in DC. He's not in. He's not in New York. He's abroad. Like they're very much like yeah. taking him out of his natural habitat and yeah. giving him a father figure. And then he gets another father figure with uh, Mysterio. Like he's kind of puddle jumping. And I, I think it's a, an interesting avenue for his character, but it's not something super. I don't. I don't think he ever thought of Tony as that in the comics. Like there, there's I mean, like not a, till Civil War. That's right. kind of like I think what they were drawing. Mentory, yeah, yeah. It's just interesting that with that specific character, we've gotten very little Spider-Man from him. He's just kind of been almost auxiliary, and there, he's not been doing characteristically yeah. Spider-Man stuff. And in this yeah. next film, we're going to go Doctor Strange route with it, and everybody knows he's Spider-Man and he's a pariah. So we're we're continuing that that trajectory for him which is interesting. Yeah. yeah, they've been treating the newer Spider-Man movies the way it is in the comics when Spider-Man is in an Avengers comic, not the way Spider-Man yep. is in a solo Spider-Man comic. Yep. Yeah. Which, you know, and, and again, like, I think I've been okay with that just because we've seen, not not with this Spider-Man in particular, but we've seen so many Spider-Man solo movies 
that it's like I'm I'm okay with him being in a bigger universe where he's not the only superhero and he's dealing with all this shit by himself, you know. Yeah. Um that's always been one of the things that's that's bugged me about Spider-Man and why like one of my aside from the J. Michael Straczynski run, like sometime after that he ends up getting a job at this laboratory because he's like good at science and it's like finally like peter parker is actually using the parts of himself that actually make him him aside from being a superhero it was so great to see him in his element and to see him thriving as a person (laughs) not just like how am i going to afford web fluid this month you know it's like i'm so sick of that you know it's like like it's the same reason i don't read comic books about people going to their jobs every day and who aren't being superheroes because like I, I get that in my regular life. Like I want, yes, I want the metaphor, but I want to see that like, can this guy who's always like, you know, bumbling through life finally get to a point of like stability, you know? Right. Um, even though it did come crashing down after a while, it was nice to see him arrive and be like, Oh, Hey, I had this laboratory where I could just come and go as I please. And I paid a salary to just invent science stuff. Like, like, yes, thank you for showing that version of Spider-Man. You know, I like seeing Spider-Man grow up a little bit, you know, and and, and I, I think this is part of that. I mean, again, it's not the same Spider-Man. It's weird seeing a younger Spider-Man that is forced to kind of grow up and be part of this bigger world and Avengers and saving the world, actually, not just, you know, fighting his best friend's dad and stuff like that, you know. Right. It'll be interesting to see if they go back, because that's the thing. If they're, Again, we're getting, we've got timey-wimey stuff. We've got what, what if... We've got the multiverse of madness and this Spider-Man movie. I don't know where, like, it's so cool that we're getting these weird, convoluted, high-concept stories. But, like, I need an asteroid to grab onto because there's so many possibilities. I don't know how they're going to hammer it home. And I'm wondering if at a certain point we will get back to original recipe Spider-Man, where we'll have Spider-Man 6 or whatever, where he's actually in new york fighting kingpin or the lizard or something i don't know like that's also part of this the scope of the marvel universe has gotten so big i'm wondering where they pull back and what what their their aim is i I mean i almost wonder if it'll be like this original like where they like calling like the infinity saga where there are like the three or four phases within Mm -hmm. that like i feel like I don't think the next Avengers movie is going to wrap all this shit up. Right. I think no, this shit's going to yeah. be going on for like four more Avengers movies. And at the end of Avengers, you know, eight, that will wrap this whole thing up, you know, like they did with Thanos, like the infinity stones were kind of always happening. You know, each Avengers film, we had a big bad, but it was all building to end game ultimately. So I think that's part of it is we're going to get, I think maybe little, little stops along the way, you know, we'll kind of create this multiverse. There'll be like, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, four different versions of Kang or something like that, where mm-hmm. we have to fight one in the first, the you know, the next Avengers film, and that's going to resolve this thing. But then this other thing's going to crop up with this other version of Kang or something, you know. And I mean, it's also tough to tell, too, because, yeah, how do the Eternals fit into all of this? You right. know, like, what role is, is Shang-Chi going to play? You know, he's really good at Kung Fu and has these rings, but now he's fighting this this multiverse like you know so yeah so it's it, it, you know like yeah are we are we ever going to bring like the netflix tv the, the defenders into this you know is that going to be part of it i mean i'm sure they have a plan i feel like that's that's the thing and i feel like i feel like so many people are skeptical because they've been burned in the past by stuff where it's like oh i love this film they made a sequel and i hated it so fuck anyone who wants to make a second movie based on something i like you know it's like i feel like they made it through all of this stuff 
and like had a plan and worked it out, you know, little bumps are along the way, but I feel like more of the missteps were at the beginning before they kind of had the Marvel studios, you know, like, like having to change actors after Iron Man one, you know, and, and with incredible Hulk, you know, but like, I feel like once they kind of got the ball rolling, it was this kind of well-oiled machine, you know, I mean, you know, again, like you said, Ultron wasn't that great. I think that I wonder how much of that also had to do with like Joss Whedon kind of like, this is how I want to make a movie. And it's like, this isn't, Buffy, this is Marvel. Like, you know, this is what we do in comics is we kind of play through the storyline, but we also have these little side quests where they kind of set the stage for future things. You know, again, this isn't a self-contained movie. It's a movie that's part of a bigger arc. So you've got to, which I feel like Joss Whedon of all people should have been able to appreciate that, you know, Mm. that, you know, he was planting seeds in there for other things to come, not just telling a self-contained Avengers story. Once we got past that, like everything was kind of, heading towards this end result. And I don't think that they would have blown the universe up like this without having a plan for how they're going to bring right. it all back That's in. The thing. Like I, I, whenever I've gotten nervous, they've, they've delivered, right? Like I, I haven't yeah. been by and large, like I like most of, I, I don't think there's any one of these films that like I wouldn't rewatch if it was an option. Like <laughs> I, I enjoy them all. It just gives me anxiety because now it's like, holy shit, what are they going to do? Like, before it was very civil. It's like, there are six Infinity Stones. <laughs> right. We can have, even if we do six films to handle each one of them, that's that's kind of, it was unprecedented, but, it, like, I could see the end. Now I have no idea. <laughs> like Right, it, yeah, like, it's a multiverse, it's, it's infinite. There's not only six timelines, there are infinite timelines. And it's Kang, who's such, like, an obscure, like, I, I know he's been around, but he's never been looming large in my head as like this staple of Marvel universe villainy, right? Like I, I always think of a Doctor Doom, a Galactus, and an Annihilus, a Thanos. Like those are the big, big ticket items, right? Like so, this dude is timey wimey bullshit. Like I, I have no idea what to expect. So that that's obviously I'm going to see most everything that comes out. I'm going yeah. to enjoy the ride, and I believe they have like a plan. But I'm like, the plan has to be so much bigger than I ever imagined it would be, and that yeah. gives me anxiety. <laughs> like you know, we were talking about big bags before, and big bads. And I feel like we were naming all Avengers big bads, but yeah, maybe they'll bring the X Men in so that the X Men can bring a threat with them like one of their villains like apocalypse I mean, is a great villain like that that could yeah. have been yeah <laughs> it sucks because it wait that was oscar isaac yeah so moon knight is played by the guy who played apocalypse so both yeah. of his marvel universe characters have been egyptian related that's oh, nice. kind of rad maybe that's why it's like hey i've already you know been in that <laughs> mindset like all right yeah you can do that yeah i just but. like they can't do phoenix again they need to let phoenix breathe as a because they yeah. did it like three times already i mean it would be kind of cool to like because like i feel like magneto does have the potential with the whole like okay i can fuck with the earth's gravitational magnetic yeah. field you know like so i feel like there is potential for for that it would also be neat to kind of bring back ian mckellen's magneto yeah. you know because I, I i wonder with that too like with like sort of the, some of the time travel and how things have changed like as as michael fassbender's magneto become more or less angry so would that lead to a more or less angry ian mckellen's magneto right you know and could we get a version of him who's like a hundred times worse than what we saw in the x-men movies and that's why it's just like yeah he's just like 
look, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to reason with you people. I'm just bringing the whole thing crashing down, you know? Fuck, I'd even be happy with them bringing uh, evil Doctor Strange from What If. That episode is so good. Did you? you yeah. You're caught up, right? Mm-hmm. To the zombies. Yeah. Like, I was almost mad at the end of that episode. It's like, this is better than the movie was. Like, this is better characterization for Steven <laughs> than, than the movie was. Well, we did it. We fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think part of it, too, is like, I one of the things I have to remind myself, too, is drawing things from the ultimate comics. Because I feel like they have That's less right. of a history. Yeah. You know, there, there are stories there that, like, have already been kind of revamped for more modern times. Yeah, part of what made me think of this when you were talking about the Clone Saga. Like, they did a Clone Saga in Ultimate Spider-Man that was different. Gotcha. And they basically made it where, like, like uh, was it Scorpion was actually a clone of Peter Parker, but he was experimented on, and, like, that tail was, like, grafted oh, to him. Oh, wow. Um, they actually made a female Peter Parker, which was really cool. Um, that's something I think would be intriguing to see, like, to bring that... I don't know how they would do that if they would find an actress who looks like Tom Tom Holland, Willen, not Tom Holland. Yeah, thanks. So many Toms now. They're getting to be like the Chris's, you yep. know. <laughs> this generate like this this wave of Marvel stuff is about the Toms. <laughs> yeah, they basically had cloned him, but did a bunch of experiments along the way. They had like you know the eight ar- or the yeah the six armed Spider Man right. like that was actually like one that they engineered to have the extra arms. They had one who I think like yeah I think that was the one who had like this spider like head. You know, it was all like fucked up. And although in that universe, I think the female Spider-Man ended up going by Jessica Drew, who I think is like the Spider-Woman from the original oh, comics. Okay. So they kind of tied huh. that in. So like that's kind of how we had Spider-Woman. It wasn't a completely different person. It was actually a clone of Peter Parker. So, so yeah, so all that was really intriguing. What they what they did with all that, I thought was really cool. They got to incorporate She-Hulk and Miss Marvel and Moon Knight because Disney is putting those shows out like yeah there's timey-wimey bullshit we're gonna watch she hulk like litigate like i don't understand what's happening <laughs> moon knight's gonna be well, like I'll tell you, it's, it's, werewolves it's again like <laughs> it's it's like the uh why is kids you know skit with the earthquake one you know there's an earthquake going on for days life still has to go on even, yeah we still gotta we still gotta try to sue this guy because he swore on air you know, even if the world is shaking while we're doing it. So that's that's totally the the, the vibe of what the Marvel Universe is going to be like. You know, yeah. Doing, you know, fighting street-level thugs while there's an infinite multiverse of versions of you and the thugs and whatever. I have nothing else to add. That is amazing that you brought it back to Whitey's kids. <laughs> that's about enough of that in my book. <laughs> and here's Tim with the final word. Omniverse. Omniverse. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye.